This is the It's Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! You all right, how are we doing? I uh, just want to take two minutes of your time before we start this week's podcast uh, to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is a tool that we're using to help the podcast grow, um, give you better content and, well, as I said, just let the podcast grow. So we've got three tiers. The first tier, there's only 20 of these spaces available and it's £1 for life and that's for It's Time to Refresh Originals. So if you've tuned in from day one uh, and you want to join the cause, you can sign up for £1. Um, just follow the link in the description. Uh, we've got the standard Patreon, which you get access to bonus episodes, uh, some exclusive content, Patreon specials, which we'll be recording, and uh, early access to all future episodes. So you'll be getting them on a Tuesday instead of a Friday, uh, which I think is fucking amazing for three quid. That's less than a coffee. And then we've got our legend status VIP Patreons, which is uh, £10. And that gets you tickets to all my gigs um, and it will get you free entry to any It's Time to Refresh associated um, events, gigs in the future. Um, So that's a little hint of what's coming up in the future. Um, If you do like the podcast, then please share it with your mates. We are trying to grow this little thing we've got going. We've got some amazing guests coming up in the future as well. um, And we want this to go bigger and better. So sign up at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh thank you enjoy the episode uh back once again with another episode this is episode 33 of the it's time to refresh podcast uh on this episode we've got carl cover how we doing all right good mate all good um and we're gonna sort of get into his story um and we'll sort of we'll talk music industry we'll talk life we'll, and we'll talk all sorts um as usual on the second part we've got the questions um etc i just want to apologize for last week's episode with luke as well the first five minutes was um just it was a corrupt file so um i've done what i could to make everything make sense uh carl enjoyed it so i hope you did as well (laughs) um so how we doing mate you all right good mate yeah all good cold up here but yeah Yeah, he's made the journey up to mine today so um because he misses his working locally so yeah it's good to have you up here mate uh it's when we started talking and I was like, uh, this would make like a good podcast. I thought this this would be really good. I've looked forward to this one as well. Yeah, to be fair, I have. I, I sort of, I remember speaking to our Jordan a while back and um, we, we've both got a really good story and we said it for years, we should write a book. Like, yeah, because it, it just not even for sort of, for selling purposes, just to sort of remember Bloody hell, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things you don't remember until you actually sort of go down the rabbit hole and start delving into your memories and stuff like that. And you think, Jesus Christ, like, wow. 
Because yeah. a lot of it is just sort of buried away a lot of the time until you start going in and thinking, right, I remember when this happened and then that triggers another memory onto something else and stuff like that. So I've wanted to do something like this for, for, for a while, like to be fair, to sort of just to let people see a different side of everything. Class yeah, clown, do you know what I mean? So people people don't realise that like especially within we were just talking off pod there, like saying, uh, you don't realise how much um people are animated within the scene. So yeah. so you could be up on that stage and you could you could look like like Elton John on the stage mm. or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're that performer and that you very <coughs> come across maybe two dimensional because yeah. oh you're just that performer. That that's your life sort of thing. Yeah. But then you've got your your, your actual life behind you as well, where you you've got your humor, you've got like everything yeah, to yeah. talk about as well. So yeah, that's why I wanted to get, to get you on as well because I thought fucking hell, this 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 would be like good because obviously you want to get it out there and I thought it's just stupid not to. Yeah, makes uh, sense, doesn't it? Before we get into it, I just wanted to ask you, we just talked, touched on it as well off the pod. Um, last week, you did um, Let's Have It. How was that, mate? Sublime, yeah. honestly. It was... I've been to a lot of nights out, and I think it's. I think because I was relatively sober, like, I think I'd had maybe five vodkas all night. I was, I was relatively sober. But from the minute I walked in, I got in there about 10 to 9... Music was already playing. Mm. Rob J was on, and I remember the exact minute the mood changed. He just played. He was playing a couple of vocals, and then he played what he dropped. This I don't. I don't know what track it was. I need to find out because it was unreal. As soon as he's done it, everybody went oh, and then the atmosphere just went from there. It just peaked, and then oh. it peaked all night, and then. Obviously, I was, I, I was really excited anyway because I knew that our Jordan was there, yeah. and he, I knew that he was going to be there later on. So it's it's it's, <clears throat> it's rare that we booked on the same night because obviously usually he's with, he's with Ian doing his Ultra Beat stuff and, and they're doing like the festivals. So it's it's rare yeah. that we're on the same vibe. But also he texted me during the day and said, "I think I'm there all night because the Don I think it was Doncaster or wherever he was had been had been pulled. So I'm I'm there for the full. So I was like, yeah. And he said that means I can have a drink as well. So I was like, me and Jordan, drunk together. Class. It's, it's a good night, yeah. So we, we never get to go out anywhere. We never get to do anything like that together. Yeah. So then I was on the dance floor. I'd had a few drinks. I am um, got out in the smoking area with Gemma. And then I come in and Will calls up with um, Keo and Whitby was on. Yeah. And next thing, looked over the bar, seen our Jordan. How you doing, mate? Waved all, because it was, it was rammed. Like, yeah. at, at five past nine... The dance floor was full, like I've it was absolutely floors. hammered. And then I'm having a little walk around, saying hello to whoever, I'd, whoever whoever I knew. And then just seen Jordan up on stage, and I thought, yeah, he's up for it tonight. He he was on like I think it was half one or something like that, and this was ten o'clock, and he was already up on stage, yeah. and he was already going for it. So I texted him, I said, you better be on stage when I'm on. And then um, yeah. Before we get into that, I just want to say as well, uh, you've done something, and I've seen that. I've seen the, the the photo of it and that as well. Like you, a set of brothers wouldn't be able to do. Like there's only so many people in the world that that have got to perform together on a stage like yeah. that. Like I've seen that picture that's like sort of a, from above, and it's you and him together. And I thought, what a moment! Like like yeah. not just for for like bounce music or anything. Like what a moment! Like just because you. There can't be many brothers who perform in the world together. Yeah. Like, maybe a thousand, say, for instance. Yeah. But like, a special moment. Would you uh, yeah, I love that picture. Um, massive shout to Callum Hewitt for, for taking that one. Um, yeah. He was filming Jen because it was on Angel's set. Yeah. But 
he got that picture and then I'd seen it, I was like, oh man, that is class. Cause it is, yeah. It's like... It's quite heartwarming, actually. Like, yeah, it's like, and yeah. it's just like sort of... Because obviously as his big brother, I'm like stupidly proud of it, of what he's done on stage. Like, I'm always in... I work in insolvency practitioners. Yeah. They're all... not No one's into going out raving and all that. They're all like, oh, I might go to Manchester for a few drinks this weekend. I'm like, <laughs> I was at Pure. There were 1,500 people over me. And I, said, well, I said, I was covered in sweat. And they're just like, how do you do that sort of stuff? Like, <laughs> they just don't get it. But like to see Jordan, like, especially during festival season when he's got like 10,000 people there. And yeah. They're all like, he, he's got them just eating out the palm of his hand. And it clashed. So to see him on form and then obviously me I, I felt Saturday I, th- I think that was probably my best performance ever because I just felt on fire and yeah. then obviously oh you know when you're not on form don't yeah, you? yeah and yeah. like I, I'm quite energetic on stage anyway so I, I bring a lot of energy yeah um, so Jen um, Angel come over to me in, earlier on and she said right so this is what I'm I'm going to go in with like a bit vocally then as we get further on it's just going to be bangers and I was like yeah sound I said just get everyone singing along get everyone in the vibe and everything and this and then we'll, we'll go for it and then I, I knew I knew mid set it was class because Jen was playing an unbelievable set anyway like yeah. every every single track that she dropped everyone was like oh like and it was just it was reaction after reaction after reaction so I don't think I actually said one rhyme I, I think it was just a case of just enhance this. Like right, they, yeah, they didn't yeah. need my rhymes. No one was there to listen to anything I've got to say about anything. Like it, it was just a case of just get them singing along. Yeah. And then it got to the point where Jordan's got up. So I was like buzzing with that. Cause obviously in my opinion, you've got him and Finchie are possibly the best two to ever do it in terms of you can stick them in, a little, you know, Connie club mm. with hundred people, and they'll just spit bars all night. Or you could stick them in ten thousand people stadiums, and, 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 and yeah, yeah and, and they're just comfortable no matter what s- circumstances. Obviously, Both of them have had the longevity as well, haven't they? That's it, so and like... they've you know they've they've been through it. They've they've they know exactly how to sort of just dominate the scene, and I think so. To have him up there with me, he did. To be fair to him. Sounds like a mass licking him a lot, doesn't it? But to be fair to him, he, he did it all night. He did it with me. He was up there with Connor, uh, with Connor Walker. Uh, he was up there with Wilco and obviously with Keogh. And then Keogh jumped up with me as well. But he sort of carried everyone through and he was like, yeah, this is this is the level. So it, it yeah. naturally raised us. So the fact that he was doing that, he was at that level. I've come up to his level rather than him coming down to mine. He yeah. was like, nah, Jew, come on, mate. So I was like, yeah, let's go for it. And then we was having that much fun up there. Even Keogh got up and did back-to-back. I've never seen Keogh jump up and do back-to-back with anyone. Like, yeah, yeah, And he was great. up there and all three of us were just going back-to-back. It was just, honestly, let's have it was, I, I would honestly say it's the best night out I've ever had in terms of performing, performing and just yeah. actually being there. When I weren't on stage, I was I was stood at the sides because you couldn't get on the dance floor. And if you were, it was it like sardines. really busy. Like, yeah. It was, yeah, he, upstairs was rammed. Um, the balcony was rammed. So we was at the back, at the side, where the, the chairs are, yeah. and we was having to stand on the chairs just to be able to have a dance because it was just, it was mint. And <laughs> every single person, even at the end, I said to Gemma on the way on, usually you go to a night, we stayed there till the lights came on, and at the end it gets a bit scatty, usually on nights. I, it Regardless, get like it gets movie, a bit yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think we should probably go and get a taxi before summer. But even we was waiting outside for the taxi. Yeah. Everyone was like, "Oggy, oggy, oggy!" Just Still going. you could tell everyone were just like they'd had such a good night. Yeah, that they just didn't want it to end. So I'm assuming there was a few after parties after that because the vibe was just honestly it was, it was spectacular. It was the best the best single night I've ever been to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was class. Let's have it. Class, mate. It's good to good to see you sort of up on like that that level as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, through lockdown, I don't, we'll we'll touch on it later on. But I uh, I've heard some of your stuff and I thought there was a lot of potential there. Yeah. Um. And as I say, getting a stage like that is is pretty big. Yeah. They're growing very quickly. The Let's Have It Boys. Like, yeah, yeah. It's um. It's gone from zero to like probably one of the biggest nights in the scene. Yeah. Well, ones. if you look at it, you've got sort of you've got Keo and um and Ricky Gray. Now mm. they've always been tight with Martin and everyone from BTID. Yeah. So they know how to put on a show. Oh, yeah. And then when they're sort of doing their own thing, obviously it's, it's bright, it's colourful. They don't have... Um, everyone who they book, it, it, it complements it. So I've seen some promotions in the past, they've, they've booked either an artist or a special guest or something and you think, it doesn't fit. Yeah. But everyone who they've they've booked, obviously Whitby speaks for himself. Then you've got Jordan and Ian speak for themselves. Mm. And then you've got the the other DJs. So you've got like Angel. Yeah. I, I was talking to someone before. Um, I genuinely believe in terms of longevity, ability, knowing how to control a crowd. I, I would genuinely put a sort of top 10 of DJ, my personal DJs of, of, of all time for this mm. scene. Um but everyone was on Rob J, Andy Mack, Andy Mack. You know, considering he was on three till four, yeah. And he had everyone. I think well, it was him and PMB. Um, him and Brownie was was because they're doing bounce assassins now. Yeah. And everyone was just on fire all night. Every yeah. single DJ was just like, right, follow Rob J's on that. I'm gonna go there. And then Whitby was straight on from Rob J. So for, to follow on from Whitby, you've gotta be good yeah. and then I think it was Ricky Gray and then from Ricky it was it was and then it was oh, it was just it was class like the whole vibe for the whole night was was unreal so yeah it was good and the fact that I was sober I was able to take more in yeah so instead remember of getting, it as well <laughs> yeah instead of getting like pissed and thinking oh what happened like it, it was just a, such a good vibe the only the only bad thing I'd say was it got to about three o'clock and my legs and my calves were dead. Like, I just it's couldn't so dance anymore, so I just leant up against the wall. And everyone was like, you all right? Are you pissed? I said, no. I said, I'm just 37. I can't do it as, <laughs> as long as what I used to anymore. I said, but yeah. I said, but other than that, so I, I've, I've got this thing on my phone where it counts your steps. So I'd done nearly 30,000 steps. Like, that, yeah. So Crazy. yeah, it was good. It was a really, really good vibe. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like how we top that, to be fair, because that's a, it was a unreal night like class I think class every, everybody who said the same there's not anyone who went and said oh it's alright everyone yeah. who's gone and said like time, so, yeah. yeah Um. so we'll sort of roll it right back to the beginning if, if that's alright yeah, and we'll yeah. sort of um, so who is <coughs> Carl Cover? so I believe correct me if I'm wrong you're, you're Carl Cover Jr is that right yeah yeah so right. my dad uh, named after my dad Um. so and then there's obviously me Jordan few of the brothers. I don't really speak to my other brothers because family dynamics and that, but yeah, um, it yeah, it's just um yeah, born in London. London? Yeah. Say, I didn't I didn't even know that. Yeah, me and yeah. me and Jordan were born in London. So he was born in Westminster, Jordan. Um so he was born in a posh hospital. <laughs> um and then I was born in Dulwich. 
South London and then we sort of did a lot of moving around the sort of South London, so like Brixton, Kennington, Streatham. Yeah. All What's the, the age difference between you? Um between three and four years. Right, right. So three yeah, and four years. he's um I think he's thirty five now. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm I'm thirty eight next this month. Yeah. Um he's just turned thirty five in August, so so you're always there, sort of. It was always you and him, sort of thing, from the beginning. Yeah, always. Right? It was always like, and because obviously we we've got <clears throat> there's a couple of other brother, other brothers, but we've we're like same mum, same dad. Yeah. So it was always us against the world, like so. Always me and him. It was me and him against everybody at school. It was me and him against the other brothers. It was me yeah. and him against sort of everything. So it was always like we had the the, the closest bond, if that makes sense. Like yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And because the age difference is not that much either. Like, it was always even sort of fast, we'll, we'll go back, but fast forward into when my dad ended up getting custody of us, we came to Bolton. We'd, we'd gone from London to Hull and then to Bolton. So when we moved to Bolton, we had like broad Yorkshire accents, like the Hull accent. Yeah. Um, and even though my family are all from there, I think the Hull accent is probably the worst accent in the world. It's just such a broad Yorkshire accent. like, And we, we sort of moved to Bolton and it's, Bolton's very sort of, Lancashire yeah, type, yeah. as you can tell with me now, but you sort of like, oh, these two, like they're the two with the mad voices and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was, again, it was us two against the world type of thing, and it's always been that way. And then obviously as we got older, you sort of learn to handle things on your own, but even like like now anything goes wrong, straight away, bam, done, straight there, straight there, straight there. So yeah, yeah. it's always just me and him. But yeah, we obviously we've got my big brother, um, got my youngest brother, and then we've got stepbrothers and, and sort of half siblings and stuff like that. But yeah, it's always been me and him. But yeah, we, we grew up in London, um, not the best. It was uh, challenging, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, we sort of moved around a lot. We had to, we sort of had no choice in that because my, my mum, I think, you know, there's no secret. I'm, most of my rhymes talk about it and yeah, yeah, I think yeah. some of Jordan's do as well. My mum, she was into dealing, she was into taking and all the stuff that goes along with that. So, so it's the world, isn't it? It's, it, it becomes, yeah. You're, in, you're involved it's, in that uh, <clears throat> It's one of them where there's just kids seeing things, experiencing things that, that they should never have any involvement in, in sort of being around or seeing or anything. And then yeah. it's... Yeah, it's just like as 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 she got herself larger and her reputation grew, the sort of the world got smaller because we had less things we could do. Because in London, it's not like say for example you go to like a little, say like Egremont for example, yeah, and you're a big dealer in Egremont, it's all right. You just it's still a small fish, aren't you? Yeah, when yeah, you go yeah. to London, you're one of many big fish, and them other big fish want you out the way. Yeah. Motion detected at the door. Oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, it's um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of things that we, that we went through and stuff that that kids shouldn't go through. A lot of yeah. things that we've seen you shouldn't see. But so what it, areas were you living in? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Brixton. Yeah. Streatham, Kennington, Tulsill. Yeah. Uh, literally all around South London. We we right. we we couldn't stay anywhere for longer than three months, three, six months, something like that. And then we yeah. had to move again because someone else had found out where she lived and then there was, they're sending people around and everything. And yeah. there's, there's, there was so much going on. Cause back then it's not like I was born in 84. So yeah. you're talking, I lived in London till 90, 91, 92. Yeah. 
there's no CCTV and all D- that then. Yeah, yeah you could time. get away with doing what you wanted. You know, there's yeah. there's so much that, that we went through and so much that we've seen. Luckily, Jordan was, that three years made a big difference because he didn't have to go through as much. He yeah. still went through a lot. And I'm sure that obviously if you get him on, he'll go through what he's been through as well. But yeah. It was good that he didn't have to sort of go through as much. Um, but yeah, it was just, there was those lords, man, where you just think, what a bitch, how can you put your kids through that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even now, I, I none of us have seen her since 1996, I think it is. Like, right. We just don't have any time. Yeah. Just, like, there's, there's nothing that can be said. Like, I, my mindset is, you put me through so much, like, you literally fucking damaged me yeah. from, from being down there to sort of when I moved to Bolton so I moved to Bolton how old were you you start secondary school when you were 11 don't you so mm. I moved to Bolton three weeks before I started secondary school so you didn't know anyone when you went to the secondary no, school no I literally I, I moved here on the 4th of um, 4th of August 1996 yeah. and then started Withins and then Withins at the time had the reputation. It had the, had the nickname Prison on the Hill. It was right. the worst school in Bolton. It was one of the worst in the North West. Yeah. But it was ideal for me because I'd come from such a shit background yeah. to be sort of thrown in with all the animals, so to speak. It was yeah. like, yeah, I'm all right. And uh, then we we came because my dad won custody of us um, on, the, on the grounds that when Jordan finally went to secondary school, he couldn't go to the same secondary school as us. So usually they'll put you in a secondary school because your siblings are there. Yeah. We had it strict. No, Junior and Jordan are not allowed at the same... They, they cannot go to the same secondary. So Jordan went to one on one side of Bolton. I went to one on the other side of Bolton. And uh, we just worked... Because our behaviour was, was... All we did was just fight. Because not even, like, in a cocky way. It was just a case of... You know yourself as kids. Yeah. Kids find out that your mum's on drugs. Slightest argument. Your mum's a smackhead. Mm. And then it's either... You sit there, yeah, yeah, she is. Or you think, fuck that. Even if, even you, even though you know, yeah, they're just still got to defend. You. Yeah, you yeah, still yeah, got to yeah, like yeah. defend it. So yeah. it was just a, a constant, constant thing. But also, there's the thing that my, the people who she had working for her was doing a lot of stupid things as well. So even in London and stuff, yeah. she had a lot of people doing stupid things. Their kids go to school with us, and they know the crack. So they're yeah. like that little fucker, right? See him there. He's his mum's had someone robbing our car or whatever. Yeah. Go and do him in. So it was it was constant, like literally yeah. just 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 that drug environment where it's just yeah. drugs, violence, guns, fucking everything. You know, there's there's times where we all had to. We sort of I don't know where Jordan was on this. I know he was born because I can remember how old I was, but I don't yeah. know where he was. So in London, for example, a, a typical day. We was going through Streatham, and when you, when you sort of um, in that life, you, you you learn to sort of pick up on things that shouldn't be there. Yeah. So, I remember sort of was going past this Chinese chippy. Was going to some house. I don't know whose house it was now, but was going to some house, and I've looked over. There's a Chinese chippy, and there's a guy. There's a raster, like studying the Chinese chippy. He wasn't looking at the thing. He was looking at us. I remember thinking to myself at the time, that looks, you know, when you know something's out of place. So I didn't think anything of it at the time. I just thought, he he doesn't fit being there. So I didn't think anything of it. Gone into this house. There's me, my big brother, my mum, the guy that she was seeing at the time. Gone into this house. And then 
we was upstairs and I just remember the whole room was kitted out in Sonic posters. Um, yeah. It was on the Mega Drive. Is Plus. it Mega Drive? Nintendo? Well, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah uh, Mega Drive. So I was in there anyway. I'm sat in there for a bit and I thought, it's really quiet. I'm going to go for a piss. So I got off the bed. There was me, Lee and this lad. Um, I can't remember his name, but me, Lee and this lad anyway. I've gone to the door Open so like your door here, it's just like yeah. a, a wooden door. Opened it, and this guy stood there with his big fucking shotgun. And I just looked at him, I was maybe five, six years old, and I just looked at him and I was like, What the fuck? Like, yeah. didn't know what to do. So he's like, Downstairs, he had this, it was obviously Yardies because he had a broad Jamaican accent. Yeah. Like, downstairs, that's so like me, Lee, and this lad, we had to go downstairs. So as we've got down the stairs, everyone's face down. So I thought they was all dead because I didn't know like what was going on. Yeah. So they said, Lie down, so we've had to all let me. So Lee is four years older than me, yeah. so he must have been about 10, 11. So mm. me, Lee, and this lad were lying face down on the floor. And then this woman, whose house it was, she's got all her jewelry in her mouth, so she must have heard people booting the door in or whatever. Mm. She took all her jewelry off and shoved it in her mouth. And she's trying to say to me, like, stay calm, but with a mouthful of jewelry, I couldn't get what she was saying. Yeah. So I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. So like, shut the fuck up. So they were all there face down. I was like, fucking hell, what the fuck? And then, but that was like, they, they came and there was, there was asked, I remember at the time they were asking for money and mobile phones. Yeah. So they, they knew what they was doing. And the guy who stood there with the gun was the guy in the chippy. Right, that's what I was going to ask you. And he was, say. he was like, obviously just in the chippy thinking, right, well, the house is there. The chip is there, I'll just stand in there and wait for him to go in and I'll know exactly when it is and then just tell everyone who's sat in the car, right, come on, they're in. So then we've, and then it was only afterwards and I said, I seen, I said, the guy with the gun, I seen him. But when we've, when like looking around, there's this guy, like now I know it's like, a, like an Uzi type gun. Mm. There was, there was all tooled up, there was all guns and all that. But obviously back then, you couldn't have like, gone into the chippy and said, oh, let me see the CCTV. There weren't anything yeah, like that yeah. then. Like, was just... this is like, late 80s, early 90s, like so, it very mad, mercenary, man. isn't it? Like sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was mad. But that was like not an everyday occurrence because it didn't happen every day. But things like that was happening all the time. It was normalised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. even when they'd gone, we just went back upstairs and started playing Sonic again. Like mm. it was just like, oh fucking hell. Right, okay. Right, whose go is it? <laughs> like it was just a normal type of yeah. thing. I remember once I was in the bath, and I, I was trying, I was just, as you're a kid and I was putting on like shaving form and pretending to shave and all that. <laughs> and I've Aye. gone, I've gone to spray myself some deodorant and I didn't know it was CS gas. Right. So I sprayed CS gas and then my, obviously a burning like fuck then. So fuck. I, I, there was one, there was one in every room. So I just thought, oh yeah, mum likes to smell nice. <laughs> I didn't realise that she's got it in there in case we get raided again, she could spray it in and stuff like that. But yeah. I sprayed myself with CS gas, but I didn't know, because obviously I'm just a kid. Yeah. I'm wetting it, trying to wash it out my eyes, but that makes it worse. So, there was only me and my big brother in at the time. I don't know where my mum was. She was probably out doing whatever because she used to just leave us for days on end. Like, yeah. there's loads of times where she'd be like, come in and she'd be like, right, I'm going. I'll be back on Friday. I was like, hang on, it's Sunday. Like, what are we doing? All oh, right, well, your uniforms are in your uniforms are in the washing basket. Sort yourselves out. But my dad was, um, he'd been through a bit of, um, a bit of t- time away, shall we say. Mm. But he was like, saying to all his mates, listen, there's nothing I can do. Um, there's, you know, the mum's involved with some really serious, fucking, like, really serious guys. If you see them, if you see the kids out and about, like, just 
give them a little five or something. I'll give it you back. Just give them a little five and make sure make sure that they've, they've got a coat on at least or something. Or just just like it's good that yeah yeah. yeah my yeah. dad's mate Leon worked in a chippy. I think he's called Leon. He worked in a chippy. So every time we used to walk past, yeah. Junior Jordan, come here. Yeah, bag of chips and everything. So I ain't got any money. Don't worry, bag of chips. So he used to look after us all the time. Yeah. And then obviously we'd have to move because someone else would find out where she was living and then we'd have to move again and change right. schools and then obviously it all starts again. But Were you still in contact with your dad at this point? No. Um, there was there was a lot going on. So my mum, my mum tried to get him killed. So what she'd done is she took, I think it's 25 grand. She took 25 grand off some some guy called um, Mark and she said, oh, she took it to say she's given it to to Big Carl hmm. to go back to Jamaica. And my dad right. had never been to Jamaica. He was born here. Right. Like, but she said, oh, I'll get this money. He's out the way and then we can just run London together. So this guy, Mark, he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Because for all the faults, she was a fucking good liar. Like yeah. she, she could manipulate people really well. Yeah. So this guy said, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's 25 grand. She took the money off him anyway. Um, Spent it. She gave my my dad, um, I think it was three grand, and said, go on holiday to Jamaica, go see your family in Jamaica. So my dad's like, yeah, man, fucking hell. So he didn't realise that that was part of a A get out of the country, yeah, 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 get out of the country fee. So he's he's gone to Jamaica. He's, He's only come back because I was due to be born. Yeah. Um, was it, no, Jordan, sorry, was due to be born. Yeah. And then he's come back and then this Mark's like seen him shopping and just out about, what the fuck's he doing here? I thought he sent him back to Jamaica. Oh, so my mum was then saying, he's refusing to go. He took the money and he's refusing to go. Yeah. So my, my dad knew nothing of it. So like one night was living in Kennington and there's been a buzzer on the door and then um, the... My mum's like looked out the window, ran outside, and then my dad's heard loads of voices shouting and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's then gone, like, looked to the window, and he's seen Mark said, Go in there and fucking blow him away. So okay. at the time, where we lived on these flats, it's like on the ground floor, they had bars on the windows and stuff, so you couldn't even climb out. So if there was yeah. ever a fire, you, you're dead. Yeah. But like, you couldn't get out. There was only the one door, and walking down the corridor with this fucking newspaper over, over a gun yeah. was some guy walking in. Like to the thing, so my dad's thinking, what the fuck can I do? So he's he pulled the electric cables out, so it was all pitch black in the flat, yeah. and he's put the he's put the gas on on the. Um, I might not get away with it, but I'm just gonna fucking chip pan him, like chip off, boiling hot chip pan, like so. That was it, and then for some reason the guy didn't come in. Yeah, and then after that he was like, nah, this is uh, I'm gone. Uh, uh, this is too much. Right. So he had to go. And then during that time, he's sort of like getting his stuff together because obviously he left everything with us. He, yeah. he just left. He just thought it's too too much. I'm I'm gonna end up fucking dead. And for what? Like for some little bitch like that. Like yeah. fuck that. So he's ended up going, and then he's building his case to sort of fight for custody for me and Jordan. Yeah. So I remember once was walking down um, Brixton, and the we was walking up the road, and my dad was on the other side. Yeah. And he was walking down and my mum went, look forward, do not look. 
So I was like, fuck, yeah, it's my dad. But Because obviously I'm named after him as well. Yeah. We, he used to take me to work with him. He used to take, because he was a plumber at the time, he used to take me everywhere with him. Yeah. And Jordan was just in the pram, so he couldn't really take him. But he, he took me everywhere. So he took me to like Waterloo and everything. We, I remember seeing all the big, massive skyscrapers for the first time and all that. I think, yeah. wow, this dad works in these. He weren't, he was just doing the plumbing from. But I just thought he was like, in I, these yeah, big offices yeah, yeah. and that. So I was like, fucking hell, like, this is really. But, and then to be told, do not look left, do not look right. You, you just look forward or you're getting battered. Because mm. she was violent as fuck with us. Mm. So we're just walking. My dad knew that she'd said something, so he shouted over it, Junior! So then I could look. He was like, I love you. I'll see you soon, I promise. Mm. I love you. So I was like, I didn't say anything back. I just looked and like, sort of soldier walking forward type of thing because I, I knew that she, she what she'd do, she knew that I was the way to get to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If, if she could hurt me, she knew she'd hurt him which yeah. is the, the way that it was done a lot of the time. Obviously, Jordan was a lot younger, so he didn't get it as much at that point. He got it later on in life, but not at that point. But yeah. So it was like, right, if I want to piss if I want to piss Carl off, I have to piss off to sort of to hurt Junior. Mm. And that was it. So I became like the punch bag to sort of, yeah. to get at him, if that makes a bit of sense. So she was, she was evil yeah. as fuck, man, honestly. Like, as a woman and as a parent, yeah, there's like, no empathy at all. Nah, it was just all she was asked about is 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 making the money, but she wasn't even making that much because even when she was making it, she was taking as well. Yeah. So she was just, she just honestly, yeah, she's just she? a scumbag, man. And like I say, can I ask though something? That, that, and I, you might have an answer, you might not. Um, when you're telling me about this, you, I, I just want to know, like, how come she didn't just let you go with your dad? Like, money, money. Yeah. Oh, right. She got benefits for it. Right. So okay. what she'd do, we was. We was the pawns in her power. Yeah. So if she sent if she sent us off to live with my dad, she's losing out on child benefit for me. She's losing out on child benefit for Jordan. Yeah. Um, but also what she used to do quite frequent is when she was a bit skint, when the dealings weren't that high or anything, she'd take us down to social services. Yeah. She'd say, right, have them. I don't fucking want them anymore. And they'd say, well, we're, we're full. Well, yeah. give me 300 quid and I'll take them home. Right. So okay. back then, yeah, okay. they'd be like, so it was. She only kept just for purely financial gain. Yeah, that was it. Right. She, okay. Like, I had a conversation. I can't remember who it was with. I had a conversation, and I haven't got one like memory where I think that would mint every. Even the even the ones that I have got were, that, that are quite funny. Yeah. Somehow involve either violence drugs or, or something where yeah. at the time I thought oh, yeah, that's, that's ace but when looking back at it now especially as a parent and thinking yeah. fuck me I would never, never ever put, put mine it, yeah. not even fruit but anything similar to it or anything yeah. like and I just think what a fucking cunt of a woman like just as a as a human what a cunt of a, of a woman who yeah. can put any kid through that never mind your own like yeah. you carried them for 18 months altogether with me and Jordan yeah. like and then to only want them because it benefits you financially. Like, yeah. fucking hell, what a scumbag. Like, but, and even even now, like, any any woman who will knowingly put their kid, or, or dad, yeah. any parent that will knowingly put their kid into a situation that's going to fuck them up long term. Yeah. Like, it's selfish. Yeah. It? Like, you use them as a weapon rather yeah, than yeah. a human being. Yeah. But that was it. It was, um, it was purely financial. Um, I don't think Jordan's got any good memories of her either. Um, yeah. And that was. It was literally like that from... We ended up getting chased out of London. So so how old are you at this age, sorry? When we left London, I was seven, I think. 
But even before then, so she, like, Brixton used to have this thing. Have you seen Top Boy? Yeah. Right, so Top, you know when they're all on the market and that's where they do all the the dealing and stuff? It's like that in Brixton. So Brixton, you've got, like, the meat guy, he'll have the crack. You'll have the the fish guy, he'll have the heroin. You'll have, like, the weed is this guy. And what what my mum used to do is think, well, I ain't carrying it. I'll just send Junior down. So, right, put this in your pocket. You've got to go to the meat guy. So she used to send us doing all the dealings for her and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like seven years old. If, if some guy come over to me and said, empty your pockets, I couldn't fight him enough. You know what I mean? Like I was a kid. I was literally a, yeah. a child, like not even the kid. I was a, I was actual child. And then she used to have us like doing everything or Jordan would have everything sort of like shoved down his nappy and stuff like that. And Junior take Jordan down to this. Yeah. So we'd be like skipping along down the road, like, and then just, just unbeknownly as well. Yeah, that's it. And well, we were yeah. just, in that and you know she used to have my, my eldest brother Lee she got him onto gear mm. so that he'd go and do all her errands and her grafts and everything for her so she got him onto stuff yeah. just so that she doesn't care does she yeah she, her, she, yeah. she fucking she only ever interested in herself and it's you know so up until seven I just want to ask this as well like what was what was typically Christmases and birthdays like was it um well, my birthday's four days after Christmas. Right. So it was... I, to be honest, I don't actually remember. The only the only time I remember Christmas was when we moved to Hull. And the only reason I remember it then is I moved to Hull when I was seven or eight. And I think I had three or four Christmases in Hull. And every one of them, Christmas morning, was woke up in hospital. So every single one because of either violence or what she'd done or other people. Yeah. So like we'd walk up in hospital. So I, up until up until Christmas nineteen ninety six, that was the first because that was when I by then my dad got custody of us in August. Yeah. Nineteen ninety six Christmas. Bearing in mind I was born in eighty four. Was was, was the real Christmas, Christmas where I thought, you know, this is Christmas. Is this what Christmas is? Yeah. Like, like before that, I I I don't I can't remember fully. Mm. Um. Oh, I know so that obviously more, we had, we had like presents. Yeah, we had we had presents and stuff like that. Yeah. But I can't remember. I know that one. I think the first Christmas in Hull, um, we we got robbed on Christmas Eve, so we didn't even get any presents that that Christmas. Right. It was just we we'd gone to my auntie Pat's house because my mum's side of the family were all from Hull. Yeah, my dad's side of the family were all from Bolton, yeah. and then they both moved to London, met each other, and then both gone back to the respective yeah. towns or cities or whatever. But we'd gone to my auntie Pat's. We'd had Christmas Eve and then we was we were going around the corner to ours Christmas morning. We got mm. there and it was the door was wide open. They took everything. Couches, presents, the Christmas tree, even the carpets were all pulled up on that. Whoever it was 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 sending a message like basically you've come to our town now. Don't think you're gonna be doing in our town what you did in London. Cause uh, she was known everywhere, like a reputation right. followed her. And the shit that, that sort of followed her from London. We, we had to sort of leave London in... Oh, I was mad as well. I'll go on to this story, actually. We had to leave London because we got chased away. Right. My dad's always been really good at football, same as me and, jo- me and Jordan. Yeah. And we moved to... Um, I, I can't remember what part of London. Um, it was part of London anyway. I'd not seen my dad for about maybe two years. So... He's sort of doing his thing, trying to build up a portfolio, but because he'd get in contact with social services and they'd say, yeah, yeah, well, we had him for three months, but then she came and collected him because what she'd do is she'd drop us off at social services and say, give me 300 quid and I'll take him back. Yeah. Yeah. So at first they kept giving him money. 
So she buzzed she'd take us back and then two weeks later, same again. Same again. But in the end, they stopped giving her money. So she just left us. She said, right, fuck it, you're gone then. So they'd have Lee, my oldest brother, me, Jordan, my youngest brother, Joel. Yeah. Sorry, no, Joel weren't born then. He was born in Hull. Yeah. So in London, we'd be going around social, like different foster homes and, and everything, maybe three or four times a year. She'd just be taking us. She'd yeah. run low on money. Benefits have run out. Right, fuck it, take them social services. They'll... Fucking, they'll yeah, give me some money if they don't I'll just leave them because I know it puts them under strain they'll eventually give me the money and give me the kids yeah. back and stuff like that so back then it's not like now yeah. like especially after like baby pee and stuff like that like yeah. now if you take your kids to social services they're going to keep them they're going to put them in a decent family hopefully uh, and give the kids the, a chance that they should have in life but she didn't give a fuck man she just literally was like right you're going to social services so weirdly enough they were the best times of my childhood yeah. because we're going to a foster home I remember the first, I went into a foster home once, I must have been about six or seven. And I felt, I felt really bad the morning after because they separated me, Jordan and Lee. Mm. And I was like, where's my brothers? We haven't got room for all three of you. We've got three separate families that'll have one each. Yeah. So I smashed, like, they had this big glass cabinet with loads of ornaments. So I was smashing fuck out of it. So they ended up bringing Jordan back. They said, yeah. we can bring Jordan, we can't bring Lee. Right, okay. So they brought Jordan back and then... In the morning, even after me smashing up the front room and stuff like that, they made us these warm um, Rice Krispies with warm milk. I'd never had that. That was like, I thought I was a fucking king. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Something like that. We didn't even get, like, literally, a lot of the time, for cereal, we'd just be eating, like, the, the powder out of fucking um, hot chocolate. Yeah, Like, yeah. We, we, she never fed us. She literally didn't give a fuck about us. She was just, like... She weren't bothered, like, so... To be given, like, something as simple as Rice Krispies with warm milk, I was like... Fucking yeah. no! So I was like, "Can I have some more of them?" Like, like little Oliver Twist. Like, can I have some more type of thing? But <laughs> yeah, I, you don't realize it, don't yeah, you? Like these the but, people, uh, even in today's world, still live like that. Yeah, and it's, it's disgusting, like, especially nowadays, man. Yeah, like, we're in the we're in the sort of twenty first century, and it should it really it should be it should be gone. But yeah, yeah, I know, I know where you're coming from with that. Like, like just something as small as like having it. Like that, you and you've something you've never had before. Yeah. It's like it can be mind blowing. Do you know? Yeah, what I, mean? like, I, I was like, I was genuinely like just flabbergasted. Like, <laughs> like fucking hell, you can warm milk up. Like, I didn't <laughs> even know you could warm milk up at this point. Like, because yeah. I don't even think genuinely, I don't, I don't even think we had a, a kettle or anything. Like, we, yeah. it was just it was proper squalor that we lived in. And it then, was just so she could get by. Yeah, like, it's whatever yeah. she needed to sort herself out. Yeah, and that was that. Like, right. there's 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 literally no. Like I said, all my, all my happiest memories uh, and some of my worst memories, to be fair, but my, my main happy memories yeah. are from foster homes, from, like, right. when we was away from it, when people weren't fucking, like, just, like, torturing us and fucking abusing us and, yeah. like, the, the the shit that we went through. I've still got fucking... I've got like fucking sick mark. burns all over my fucking hands and shit like that. And this, yeah. Obviously, you get people who are, like crackheads and, and all that and disregard children completely yeah, yeah and and a lot of the time they do things to kids for a laugh that like entertainment fuck, for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. like like I say I have fucking scars all over me sig burns and all that shit I think Jordan's got lords all over him it's not just that as well it's it's also the 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 psychological effects he has on children as well like, yeah because like even though you're a you're, you're in your 30s now, it probably still plays on your mind now and again, do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one of, the one of them things. where it, it, it's affected me um, in the sense that... So now, for example, 
my because because you learn to sort of emotionally detach from Situations, from things. Yeah, yeah. You you sort of lose a lot of empathy yourself, but also like now, I, if I I could be fucking best mates with someone, I could be close as fuck, but as soon as I decide right, that's it, I'm done. Yeah, it's cut off, and it's I don't feel bad about it. It's just a case of it's just that's the way you have to be, especially when when you're between the ages of like five and and ten, you're just a sponge, and that's what you learn all your your life traits during that time. Yeah. So when your whole experience is get really close to someone and move after three months, mm-hmm. get really close to someone, move because at that age, kids, you're all best friends. This guy, I go to school with this lad, Lee, for example. Best friends, and then three yeah. months time, never see him again. Yeah, and then three months time, never see the new best mate again. So you yeah. just learn to sort of do that in life. Yeah. So it's a lot of like I've I've been called heartless a lot of times. I think I joke about it in some of my rhymes and that as well. But it's not that I'm heartless. It's not that I'm I'm cold or anything like. That. It's just it's long term damage that's been done that you sort of like you can't without spending fucking thousands and thousands of pounds on therapy. Mm. That's just how I'm programmed because of when you're a sponge as a kid and you're taking in all this yeah. how to be a human. It's how you've learned how, to develop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah. So, and it's a it's a sort of um, defense mechanism as well. So you sort of, if you're used to just cutting people off, bam, gone, gone, gone. When things get to the point, especially now as an adult, I just think if you ain't bringing nothing to the table, you ain't eating from it either anymore. Like I, mm. I went through shit as a kid that I don't have to go through as an adult. I had to put up yeah. with shit as a kid. Because I don't have, have to put up with anything. Yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. Like can... As an adult, no, I don't have to put up with anything from anyone. Yeah. You live your life and be really happy. I'm going to live my life and be really happy. We don't have to intertwine. Yeah. Like, just do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you with regards to that. When I was growing up, I lived two separate lives. So I lived here with my dad, yeah. like this literal house. And then I lived in Scotland with my mum. Yeah big fallout, harsh sort of harsh words to each other. A lot of crazy shit happened in between. Um, I've touched on it on the podcast in the past. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's one of them things where I'd, for me, it's like, I've like my missus says to me, this is, I'll, I'll use my missus as an example because if you use anyone else, it, it doesn't seem as effective. But what I mean is, um, She'll say like you have got no emotions whatsoever. <laughs> like no, like but yeah, I've it, had it's, that a lot. It's to the point of like obviously my dad died when I was younger when he was eleven. When I was eleven, I my my nana and granddad were. I don't want to say, <coughs> sound harsh saying it, but they were useless. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they couldn't organize a funeral. Like I was eleven and I was ringing up like funeral mm. directors. I was sorting coffins out. I was sorting after fucking yeah, thing yeah. out of the wake and shit, and. I remember, like, got to the funeral, and I seen my auntie, um, and I seen other relations and that, and he, my mum went to the funeral as well, and she was fucking, everyone was crying, bawling their eyes out, and I didn't, I, I just didn't, just fucking, no empathy, I, yeah. I, I felt sad, obviously I was sad, I fucking, my dad's funeral, I fucking watched him go and put in the ground, but when you, I had no, and people thought I was going to go mental over it, because, do you know when you, if you're not showing any emotion, it's signs of, yeah. you could be fucking compressing it into you and suppressing the memories but for me it was just that's how I deal with things mm. because earlier on in my life similar to you I've went through some stuff um, with families being involved with certain things and certain people that you do realise it's like okay then 
why like it's just another day like yeah. oh yeah today i'm going to bury my dad it's it's horrible to think that yeah I know um, what you mean. and it, it's it's same every other person who's died around me i've had a lot of people die close to me i've had friends um i've had obviously family and i just think i just deal with it like it's another day and yeah i think i'm i'm i think more in recent years um trying to sort of try the traditional it's hard though isn't it it's, yeah i feel i feel like it's hard because because you've you've went through the worst possible point because you have you have like mm. you've you've been to the point where like you were saying then just then you were in like a foster home and you were like worried f- for where jordan was yeah. and stuff like that and like as a, <coughs> as a kid I know it sounds stupid, but it's ten times more enhanced of, mm. of what it is. It's like where is Jordan? That because that, that's yeah. the only life you know. As an adult, you've experienced more things. So if something happens, you're like, right, I know it's going to be okay tomorrow. Yeah. So you, you that block you've put on, I can sort of relate to. Uh, like it's just one of them things. Um, but as I say, you when the when you've grew like grown up and stuff like that, you've put that barrier up and and as you say, when you're a sponge from ages that 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 the coming of age time you've you as a person have just become that's who you are yeah, and it's, just, it, it's hard to change that and yeah, even now yeah like, I've, now. I've tried it with Gemma because um, every relationship I've ever been in they've all said you're so hard to read you never open up you never mm. like you, you're emotionless you're cold hearted you, you don't give a fuck you never gave a fuck about me and all that mm. Some of them are right, but uh, <laughs> but um, now nah, we've like obviously during lockdown, I think I um, I've known Gemma for for quite a few years. To be fair, we we've yeah. sort of seen each other years before, and even though I really liked her, I also sort of still really like being single as well. Yeah, and it was like. A case of it, it just at that point wasn't the right time because I think if we'd have got serious then, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So we sort of went our separate ways, um, and then obviously we we gra- gravitated back towards each other. Yeah. But it was like she like I, I sort of made a promise to her where I said right, well, what I'll do. I think it was after she, after I did that track the um over the Dre and everything. Yeah, yeah. Thing. We'll get into that as well. Um. And she said, she said, obviously I'm your girlfriend. I, I want to see this. I want to know the signs to, if you ever sort of feel like you're even starting to feel that way again. Yeah. So I said, yeah, okay. I said, well, what we'll do? I said, we'll, we'll try this sort of opening up thing then. I said, and give it, a, give it a go and see, see how it goes. Luckily, I haven't been in that mindset for, for quite some time. So I haven't actually had to open up about anything because yeah. I think... I think the biggest thing was sort of getting shit off my chest and then it was like... A release, like, oh, it's yeah, like you've been lifted off. It's like a big thing mm. and unfortunately some people don't have the ability to do that um, yeah. but obviously we'll touch on that in a bit but mm. like you said, it was just a case of... And I think that stems from bottling up, bottling up, bottling up because obviously that when you're, when you're a kid you don't go to your mates and say like, oh, what did you do last night? Oh, I was playing on... Street Fighter 2 Turbo, what did you do? Oh, we had a lot of guys come in and fucking pin us face down on the floor with guns and all that. Oh, and yeah. all, You don't... You don't... At that age as well. Yeah, like... Because that age, your mates will be going, oh, shut up, you gobshite. Yeah, yeah, that's you're, it. You're even not now, GTA. You know even like, now, it's yeah. like... You, I never really talk about it because how I am now as a person, everyone sees me as like... 
the dad, the family mm. man, like or the MC or football or whatever, mm. the worker. No one, no one's gonna look at me now and think, fucking hell, you've been through some shit, like because of how I am now. But yeah. it's taken from nineteen ninety six to now, yeah, for me to get like this. It, you know, I was I was damaged for fucking years. You know, especially when I got to like. 16, 17, 18, 19, when I got introduced to sort of like weed pills and, and stuff like that. And yeah. That was my way of just going off the rails was like, right, it blocks everything. Like for that, especially when Mitsubishi's were out. Yeah. For that for that period when that sort of five or six hours when you're rushing, you're not thinking of anything else. And I can yeah. understand why people become addicts. Yeah. Because... It suppresses pain. It gets rid of yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. And I can understand how certain people get onto things and, and why it takes control of them because it's so much easier. Like you live say, a being, life Yeah, life. being yeah, at yeah. a rave, for, even just like the week, even if you're just a weekend addict, <clears throat> yeah, which is a real thing. Um, you may not be an addict day to day, but you can be a weekend addict yeah. from, from five o'clock Friday when you finish work till 10 o'clock Sunday when you go to bed, you're an addict because you're constantly chasing the high, chasing the high to escape your boss might be a prick, your, your bird might be a, a fucking nagging in your ear, yeah. your family are all arguing over who's in the will for fucking the next <laughs> death. And, and it's just constant. So the weekend thing, there's a lot of weekend addicts that don't actually realise that the weekend yeah. addicts, and it's it's you can see why some people will then take that into Monday and then it extends to Tuesday. And then next week, you know, you're just a full-blown fucking addict. Yeah. And it's you can see why why people do that. And, you know, I think I, I did it a lot during my my younger years like now when we go out I want I'll have a couple of drinks that's it because I don't it's the few days after where you feel I like think shit. it's coincided me not feeling how I felt when I wrote that track yeah has coincided nicely with the fact that I was going through a custody battle at the time was preventing me from taking anything was yeah. preventing me from sniffing anything or from, from doing anything so and it's coincided with my clarity so everything I do now I'm doing it with with a clear mind yeah. yeah I might have a few drinks when I go out or whatever I don't drink when I'm at home I don't, I don't every now and again I'll have a Baileys um, especially coming up to Christmas I'll have a few Baileys like uh, during the week and that but my my drinks cupboard at home it's still got beer in there from like two years ago like half yeah. half open bottle of JD and stuff because I just don't drink at home because we've got the kids yeah I don't believe in doing it because I've seen it so much with my mum. I try to do the opposite of yeah. everything I've seen as a kid. I think, right, well, how can I do the opposite? So, if, yeah. for example, I never went on a family holiday. Yeah. Even when I moved to Bolton and, and me, Jordan and dad, we was on about it. Me and Jordan was on about it last year. We went. Me and Jordan went to reggae land with Ryanzy and, um, and, and Glenn, Glenn Matthews. And yeah. it was like, even something as small as that, my dad didn't end up coming because I think he was being um, godparent to some someone's kid. Mm. Um, and Jordan was saying, we need to go to Jamaica because I've been to Jamaica. My dad's been to Jamaica. Jordan's been to Jamaica. We haven't been together. Yeah. And it's all been since we've been living in Bolton. So since we've been back connected and, and us, us as a trio has yeah. been like, but we've never done it together. We've never even been to Benidorm or anything. We've never been on a family holiday or anything. So yeah. I've only ever been on a family holiday with your kids, with, and, yeah, with yeah. mine. So it's um, stuff like that. that it's been nice that, to do, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think one day we probably will. But obviously, without sounding too sort of negative, my dad's nineteen fifty nine. He was born, so 
you know, he's he's not far off knocking on the door, do you know what I mean? So it needs to be, if, if something is going to happen, it needs to happen soon, just to say, yeah, we did it. Otherwise, I'd have gone through the hall of life, you know, never having, I know next year, me and Jordan, Jordan saying that he's going to bring Abby and Romy away with me, Gemma and, and ours. Yeah. So it's like a, a nice family holiday with that because again, we've just never done it. I've never been anywhere with Jordan yeah. because it's just never been sort of part of our DNA growing up. It's like, it's I want to be part ma- of your life as like a stereotypical yeah. life sort of thing. I yeah. want to make sure that when like my kids are growing up, yeah. it's like, well, we have to do the family holiday. Why would you not do like, I, I want to sort of drill that into them so that the, the memories they've got of like, we went to um, Alcudia this year Yeah. And we went with um Katie Jenko and Kelvin Davis, who I fucking love to bits them too. Like they they helped me a lot during lockdown. Yeah. Um and they they brought their their two kids and that and it was just it was just class. It was like this is what it should be like. That these yeah. and I remember sat I was sat on the on the deck chair at one point thinking, I should have had this. Like, fuck you know, I'm not that much of a cunt. Like I should have had this like growing up. I should have yeah. had at least one one holiday where I think Oh, do you know it. what? Everything else is bad, but that was good. But I ain't got any of that. Like my my childhood memories are all of drugs, guns, yeah. violence, crime. The um, thing is, though, you as a person, you've, you you realize you're a decent person. Yeah. You took your kids on that, and your kids will remember that one day. Like, yeah, uh, that's I, it. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But like, oh, like because and I'll have. I've got no doubt that you won't hide the fact of your upbringing to your kids when they're old enough to understand. Yeah, it. yeah. So they'll they'll know that what you've done for them means a lot. Do you know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Because like they're they're obviously gonna be very grateful knowing that you never had it. Yeah, like, that that's the way I see well, it. I think Callum Callum's already at that stage. He's ten now, so Molly's five. She wouldn't understand if I was to explain it to yeah. her. And Calvin's two, so he's he's not even stringing sentences together fully yet. But Callum Callum loves music. Yeah. So Callum's wrote his few rounds. I'll show you in a bit. I've seen, I've seen them. him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Callum, like, he's, he's sat there and he's, he's got, because he's got his phone and that now. He's like, Dad, what do you think of this rhyme? I said, it's all right. He wrote a new one the other day. I said, it's all right. I said, but it's very basic. I said, I know you're only 10. I said, but, I said, <laughs> like, I said, it's still very basic based on the rhymes. Because, like, during lockdown, again, I ended up getting custody of him. So he ended up coming to live with me full time. Yeah. Because he's, uh, his mum was struggling a bit because she's been through a, a lot as well. So... They, they sort of, she said, listen, I, can you come, can you have him? Like, I said, fucking yeah, man. Mm. So you, you mad? Bring him. So that was it. He, he come, come to live with me and that. So I was buzzing with that because obviously from the minute I found out he was going to be a boy as well, mm. like, I, I was buzzing that she was pregnant in the first place. We didn't last very long um, after he was born. And then, but he's, he's always been like, yeah, man, it's me and Callum. It's, yeah. always, it's always me and Callum doing something like whatever it is. It's always me and him. So the fact that, that he, he then comes to live with me at a similar age that my dad got custody of me, yeah, it was like it's meant to be. Do you know what I mean? I, I was like, yeah, sense, so yeah, yeah. yeah, man, come come to me. So I was buzzing with that, and then he, he's come over. So then he was like, I want to be an MC, and then you look at say like um, what Dean's doing with DJ Taya. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, the that's the young lasses in the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, man, why not? Let's go for it, Callum. So I started writing a few rhymes with him and then he comes to the studio with me when I'm doing my mixes and stuff like that. So I'll take him along to the studio and bam, um, Ryan O'Sullivan, he, he's from Collective. He was like, do you not want to get him in the booth? I said, 
I said, do you not mind? He said, no, nah, man, he's family in it. I said, come on. So Callum was in the booth and I'll show you some videos. Of oh, man, he, he was in his element and that. He proper loved it. But he's he's, he's flowing everything. Like He's just yeah. like, go on, Callum, lad. <laughs> like, he's proper good. So Starting them young could be really, really good, though. Like, like it, I'm not, I'm, I'll use this as an example. Like, But you see kids who start playing football really young and you know <laughs> yeah. straight away that if they stick at this, they're going to be really good. Yeah. If, he, if, he, if he's 10 years old, and he's he's got the floor already. He might, yeah. as you say, he might be basic, but he's got the floor. He knows he yeah. knows the basics of a ram. We did rave kids, so um, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben um, messaged me. Um, well, I messaged Ben. I said, "Oh, how much are tickets?" I said, "I'm going to bring Callum along on that." He went, "Don't you worry about tickets." He said, "Even better." Do you want to perform with Callum? He said, I've seen your, your thing on his... Um, I've seen you upload his, his thing on SoundCloud. Do you want to perform with him? I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. I said, yeah, man. I said, like, so I'm saying to Callum, because Callum idolises Whitby. Yeah. So I said, Callum, you're going to be performing? And uh, we, it was us two with Friday Night Project. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, Whitby's going to be there. And he was it's like... not a bad first set for him to do. That's what there. I mean. Like, my, I think yeah. my first set was... Who was it? I think it was in Stag's Head Pub. And it was with um, Cromie, John Crompton. So it's a, you know, for him to be 10 years old doing it with Whitby, you know, there's people, even our age now, who were very good, who never get to perform with the likes of Whitby. Yeah. You know, I wonder the, about his first set with Friday Night Project. Like, yeah. you, you, you perform with somebody, if I'm, I might be mistaken, someone will correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. I'm sure he's got like a platinum record. Yeah. Like, he's massive. <laughs> yeah. So, so for Callum to be there, and yeah. I was like, and I just said to him, I said, Callum, listen, I'm, I'm not doing anything for this. I said, centre stage is yours I'll be up there with you if you get nervous just look around I'm right here with you mate you you, you do you so I because I, I think I did Let's Have It the week before and I had Sanctuary the week after so I said listen you, this is all about you now mate I said just take centre stage and he was just oh man I was like I, I genuinely I was nearly crying on stage like Keo was actually crying I looked <laughs> over at Keo and he had tears short. I said you're alright I'm so fucking proud of him I said yes Keo I, I had to give Keo a hug because my little lad but like, honestly <laughs> I, I'm welling up now yeah. thinking but yeah it was such a good yeah. moment that like to see see one of your mates that yeah. happy for your son and that I, oh man I was I was well, honestly I was over the moon for that but was he was he hyping and stuff as well? Everything. Oh, class. Okay, okay, okay. There's all going. He's fist bumping everyone, yeah. and he class. was like, "What was he saying?" Now he was doing his rhyme. Is everybody make some noise? But no, no, no. I can't hear you. Make some noise, like props. So everyone's going even louder, blowing the whistle. <laughs> whistle crew, horn crew. And I was like, "Go on, Callum." <laughs> so pro- oh, honestly, it was sick, man. It was just like because Gemma were there. She brought her to as well, and then it was like we experienced it as a family. Yeah. And then what made it good was like um, Nathan and Lindsay series sounds were there yeah. um, with theirs and then Keor, Whitby yeah. and, and there were loads of people there and there was um, a few people who I've sort of met on nights out. So say for example, um, the missus is pregnant so they can't go to an actual rave. Yeah. So what we do, we take the kids to rave kids because that's their way of getting to a rave without actually going. Yeah. Um, there was one guy who was there and he, he was enjoying it a bit too much. Um I'm not going to go into detail because <laughs> obviously it's for rave kids but yeah, yeah uh, you could tell by looking at him he was, uh, he was enjoying it anyway yeah. and he was like alright Carl I was like yeah mate Sam I'm going to go over here with my family because it's, like, it's a family do but yeah honestly it was such a good like when we come back off lockdown and the club's open so I, I had the privilege of, of being the first night let's have it was the first night on we've talked about this on um, Farrell's podcast yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then um, they that, got the first week I met that yeah. first weekend was People get it's like everyone getting out of HMP all at once. <laughs> it was mad. the The atmosphere in there was was crazy. But that first weekend, you had let's have it, 
and then you had Sanctuary as well. I yeah. think on the Sunday, so the first two nights was let's have it in Sanctuary. Mm. It's like how fucking lucky are you all to have like to have that as your first thing. But yeah, it was um, it was it was unreal. But yeah, dur- during sort of like lockdown, I had because I'd released like the back to bars um, sessions with Pricey, Josh, yeah. and myself. I'd released that track, and I'd I'd spent a lot of my time instead of sort of being down in the dumps yeah. because I was feeling down in the dumps. I thought the only way to sort of, I couldn't go play football. Yeah. I couldn't go on a night out. I couldn't go to the pub and just like whatever. I, the only thing I could do was just write rhymes and yeah. I, I was writing and writing and writing and writing. And then I thought, well, now I've wrote them all. What do I do now? I speak to Bam, get in the studio. Yeah. And then obviously when I was doing that, you're building, you're not right. You put the same yeah. And there, people yeah. was, people had the time to listen to it. Like now, if someone puts a mix out, Pricey released his mix the other week, um, about two, three weeks ago, I think yeah. it was. With Carl. Was yeah. yeah, yeah, and it yeah. took it took me about two weeks to listen to it. It's only half an hour, yeah. but it took me two weeks to listen to it because I've, now I've got that much going on. Yeah. It's hard to find that time, a yeah. time to sort of say, right, half an hour, I'm going to do it. Because when Pricey releases a mix, you, you have to listen to it. You know, you, you've got to do because, the, and you have to listen to it six or seven times because he's so clever with the way that he, he has things you've got to listen to rhyme and then you've got to go back and think is that what he actually meant yeah because the way that he writes is, is really complex he it's brilliant yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he's there's so many different like meanings to to what he does so yeah. for me to, i didn't i listened to it and then it was only afterwards when um, Craig Edmonds messaged me and said, did you hear this on Price's Mix? I said, no, I missed it. So I've had to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but did you hear this? He said, no, I missed that. So I thought, go back and listen to it again. But it's, it's, he's a really clever writer in, the, in yeah. the way that he does things. So I, I messaged him then and like, sent him a, a little snipping of it. Yeah. I went, mate, that's, that's sick. I said, that's honestly, it's, that's the best you've ever done. And then there's rhymes on that new mix that he's done that are that good, but it's still overshadowed by other parts of the mix and you think yeah. fucking hell that that's if that was on its own everyone would be going mad but it's not but because that other bit's in there that's gone unnoticed but it's yeah. fucking brilliant like so yeah there's loads of little bits on there but i think like i say during lockdown it gave me the chance to to just put a lot of work out there and then when we fin- when lockdown had finished i was lucky enough to i had a lot of gigs but out of all of them like i say being stood on stage with callum was like watching him do it yeah and i was just like yeah man like Class. that's that's mint but like i say I, I tried to make sure that everything that we went through like me and jordan as kids yeah that uh, he's exactly the same with romy um you know all that that life is 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 out there for people apart from what they see on films and think mm-hmm. it's all fairy tale and that but it is genuine people go through some shit man so right. what we'll do now is I just want to um, we'll stop it now and come back for part two in two minutes yeah man so we're back for part two of the podcast um, we just had a little uh, piss break and, and, and whatnot, and uh, we'll get back into the story so yeah. we, we, before we started talking about the sort of um, the rave kids and stuff like that and we got off on a bit of a tangent we got to um, <coughs> move to Hull so yeah. um, when you you said you were chased out of London. What was what was the situation there? So like you you went up there and did you go with your mum or, or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, um, I'll just quickly tell you one last little story about London. So it, and and it ties in nicely to sort of how things are now. Mm. So we'd not seen my dad for about two years. Um, the last night we had in London, we knew we was moving in the morning. 
Right. We'd not seen or heard of my dad doing it because back then there was no mobile phones. We well they did, but they had them big things with the aerials and stuff like that. Mm. So it weren't like now where you just jump on your phone. Not everyone had one as well. Yeah, no, it was like people either in drugs or rich people like the toffs <laughs> and that. But we um so the last night, me, Jordan, uh, and, my, and Lee, my 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 oldest brother, mm-hmm. we've just gone for a little mooch. Because um, we knew it was the last time we was going to be in London, um, just go for a little mooch. So we're, we're going around these little football pitches where they had like the old gravel pitches. Yeah. So it's not like Astrid Surf like the good kids get nowadays. Like it was <laughs> like literally them little tiny stones that like horrible. So we're on there anyway, and we're just sort of playing around. And it must have been about half nine, ten o'clock at night. It was late, and we're just sort of walking around. And I looked over. I went, Dad. And my fucking dad, we've not seen him for, and London, such a big place. Yeah. To see one person, the one person in the world that you wanted to see <laughs> on that night be there in front of you. And I was like, dad? And he was like, fucking hell. So he's come running over, he's given us a hug, yeah. and he said, what, what are you doing? I said, well, we're going to Hull tomorrow. He said, oh, when are you back? He said, where are you living? He said, I need to speak to, he said, listen, I need to speak to mum. It's been, it's been long enough. The dust should have settled by now. Let me go and saw. That was it. So, <clears throat> he, he's, I said, oh, we're not coming back. We're moving to Hull. Hmm. He was like, what the fuck do you mean? What What the fuck? Like, so I said, dad, we're moving to Hull to, literally tomorrow morning. But this is our last night here. He said, take me to your house. Fuck so all the stars are aligned there. Right? That's what like, I mean, man. You look at some things and you think, like, I don't believe in, in, in God and stuff like that. But I think for that not to be meant to be, like, in London. Yeah. And two years of not seeing Exactly. Him like, you could have seen him anyway. You could have seen him in... in well, not Asda because he didn't have it then, but like Neto and all that. What, mm. Like wherever, he could have been anywhere. For him to be on the very last night that you ever spent in London, in the, the exact same place and the exact same time, the chance, and him, and him mm. he was only there because they double booked his football slot and mm. he had to be moved an hour back. So right. he wouldn't have been there. Otherwise. It was mad. It was. It, I think that's the thing. I know he, he was there because something else had happened and he had to have the later slot or something like that. Yeah. So for that to to be was like... Fuck, like thinking back now, you think, Mental fuck life. me, how how did that even happen? Yeah. So he's gone back to my mum's anyway. Um, we had to go in and, and let her know first. Dad's outside, like, so she was like, yeah, we're moving to Hull. This has happened, this has happened. He knows where I live, so I need to go. Like, we yeah. need to get out now. So I think she found out the day before that someone knew where she lived. Yeah. And we had to get gone before he had enough time to put a plan in place to go and fucking basically kill her. Mm. So... We had to uh, we had to shoot off, but then he's he got my aunt. I think he got my auntie Pat's number. Um, and then he wrote he wrote this phone number down for me and John. He said, "This is Grandma," mm. and we touched on it before. He said, "This is Grandma's number." He said, "Keep it and memorize it." He said, "Just keep saying it over and over and over and over again." He said, "Because what you can do if I can't ever get older, you you ring this number, you speak to Grandma, and tell her." Where you are or whatever, mm. and I'll get. We'll we'll do it that way. So she'll be the the go between. And I was like, yeah, but how can we ring you? Because we might not have a landline. He said reverse charges. I'm gonna ring her later on. You reverse charges as much as you want to stay mm. on the phone as long as you want. He said that's the number. She's never she's never gonna ch- move house or anything. She, that that's where it is. Mm. So five three five eight two seven. Like so, <laughs> straight off the top of my head now. Like, yeah. um, and that was it. So we moved to Hull. Um, but then. <clears throat> The people that was chasing her from London weren't happy with the fact that she just moved to Hull and got away with everything, so mm. they followed her to Hull. So then that was it. Then we moved to Hull and it all carried on. So we went to a hostel first, um, and we met this this 
the, the mum was called Dawn and the the son was called Danny Danny Turner. Mm. I hated him, and um, he was a, he was he was a few years older than me. He's the same age as Lee, who's four years older than me. Yeah. And Danny was already into like pills and and all that sort of stuff and trips and everything. Mm. So he was when we moved. Weirdly enough, they ended up being our next door neighbours. So I don't know if, if it was just we moved into like a fucking a new housing estate yeah. and we just all got put in or whether it was just aligned. But anyway, so Lee's then taking drugs. Danny's taking drugs and all Lee's mates are taking drugs. So what she's doing is she's got all the drugs and she's saying, right, well, do me a favour. I need this, 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 this and this. Minions, go and get it. You need to go get me more customers and I'll yeah. keep feeding you. So that was it then. That was, that's how she had everyone going. Yeah, so she had her own line in sort of... Yeah, um, and then what she was doing though, because obviously she was fucking skank, she was like running brothels and everything and then she was like fucking sleeping with everyone who she's selling stuff to and she was just like into prostitution and fucking every, everything bad that comes with drugs, she was involved in it. Yeah. The people that she had around the house were fucking disgusting. They were doing things like to kids that shouldn't be done. Yeah. Um, luckily, I... I didn't see much of it. Um, there was one guy called Dennis and he fucking got his cock out one time and he started like wanking in front of me and I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, you do it. And I, was, so I just ran out of the room and then like, thought, fuck that. I think I ran out. It was when we was living in um, part of Hull called Brandsholm and they had these big massive flats facing and I just ran in there and I got in the lift and went up to the top floor and that was it. I just stayed there for, I think I stayed there all night. So I'm not going back there. And then, because I knew Jordan weren't there. Jordan was at, I think he was at my Auntie Pat's. Yeah. Wherever he was, I knew he wasn't there. Uh, so I thought, it, yeah, he wasn't going to go for anything like that. And then there was a few times where things had been said and things had been done and stuff. And like, where you think, no, even even as a kid, you know, it's, it's not, I'm, I shouldn't be in this room. This is not right. Like, there's yeah. things going on and like... Especially when the smackheads and all that, like, and do you're watching people like say we're sat here now and there's two people just shagging on the couch there and you just like as a kid you like what the fuck like, but it's like in a weird way you know like you're when desensitized to it you know when a dog's lipstick comes out and you keep looking it's, it's the same <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? do you know what I mean it's the same you, you know you shouldn't be looking and you're like what the fuck like yeah you're just watching these two people go at it on the couch and as a kid and you're just like you're not feeling like any sexual thing for it because you don't it's know about more, all it's that. more the fact like, of like what is he doing yeah and you're just sort of watching but then it was weird man so like what she used to do she used to she used to do a big Sunday roast every Sunday when, do you remember when um, Football Italia used to be on Channel 4 like, go Lazio oh yeah she used yeah, to yeah. come on every Sunday on Channel 4 so she'd do a big Sunday roast and then you go in the kitchen and there's a lot of fucking needles just there, like so everyone could have a jab afterwards and like just basically fucking gouch there. And I remember once um, this Danny Turner, we was always sat on the floor because we were allowed couch privileges, and he was <laughs> sat there and he would just punch me in the back of the head and punch me in the back of the head. I was sat there just trying to watch football. He punching me and punching me. I was crying my eyes out, and I thought it's all right because one of these days I'm gonna fucking get you back. My plan was to st- I was gonna kill him. I was gonna stab him, <laughs> and I thought I know that at some point you're gonna be asleep. Yeah. So I'll just go and get a knife. I'll stab him job done um, and it, it weren't long after the James Bulger thing right so I was thinking right if I just get something really heavy and hit him over the head That's I can it. do what they did to the James Bulger thing and I, I, I sleep I'm going to do it to him and anyway he was punching me and punching me and he burnt he burnt me with something 
I was, I can't remember, it was something in my head, he stabbed me with something, or burnt me with something. Right. And I sat there, I cried, I went into mum, I said, he's hitting me. She said, sit the fuck down. I said, he's hitting me. So she smacked me. So I stopped telling lies and all that. I said, what the f-? So I'm sat there thinking, what a fucking bitch, man. Like, the one person you should be able to go to and say, like, this guy's hitting me. Yeah. And because he was one of her minions, he used to go out robbing for her and stuff like that. She didn't give a she fuck. Val- she valued him. Yeah. More Far that, more, because yeah. obviously he was bringing money and I wasn't. Yeah. I was bringing in a little bit of child benefit or whatever whatever it was then. Mm. So he'd gone in the kitchen, done what he was doing, come back, and then he'd fell asleep. And Joel, my youngest brother at the time, um, he was on this little sort of like tripod bike. Yeah. And I'm looking around and I thought, buzzing, everyone's asleep. So I picked Joel up, moved it, picked the bike up, I was like, fuck off, I bounced it straight off his head, it just opened up his face, <laughs> and I'd never seen blood, like, to that extent before, yeah. and I was like, wow, <laughs> but like, I'd froze, because yeah. then he's woke up, and I thought, shit, now what do I do, <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so he's grabbed me, he's kicked fuck out of me, and then, he was battering me, and then, Lee's other mate, he was called Lee as well, Lee Houghton, another yeah. guy, I'll tell you a funny story about him, it's a bit sick, but it's funny, um, he was punching me, and my mum's come running, and she's booting me, so I had three, like, at least 17, two 17 year olds yeah. and, a, and a woman putting the boot in on me. I'm like, fucking I'm like fucking 10, nine, 10 years old. They proper putting the boot in, so I've, I've got battered. So I've managed to run upstairs anyway, hid away, and then that was it. I, I think I stayed there for the night and just sort of hid in my room. Um, but I used to have this thing, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, have I? I used to have a thing where. I was I was that stressed, I was that traumatised, I couldn't go to the toilet, mm. so I couldn't have a shit. So I used to shit myself, but not actually shit myself. It was just I because it, I, the the doctors, when my dad got custody of us, the doctors said that I was that stressed, I, I had that many toxins inside me, uh, I, I was ready to die, mm. and I, I just couldn't go to the toilet because either you, you're scared of people running in and fucking booting the door open, or you, you, you as a kid, you just don't know how to the, deal with the anxiety of it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't go to the toilet properly for, for years, and then so I had like Lee, my big brother, mm. my mum, and all the mates used to call me shitty ass and all that, and it mm. weren't like a case of being lazy or anything, it's just because I couldn't go. I, I, I physically couldn't. I was literally scared it's their shitless. Fault, essentially. Yeah, I was right, literally yeah. scared shitless. Like, so, for want of a better expression. Right, yeah. But yeah, it was mad. And so, but then because they made a big deal out of it, it made it even bigger to, to not go to the toilet and stuff. And in the end, I, my dad, I, I got, my dad got visits of us hmm. whilst the court case was going on. Um, and then he took me to the doctors and the doctor was like, he, he could fucking die. Like we need to get, we need to get all this stuff yeah. out of him now. So they give me this stuff. I kept having this medicine. It tastes like chalk. I can still oh, taste. Does it clear, clear out sort of thing? Yeah, Empties yeah. you. And I just remember being on the toilet for hours, and it was just everything was just coming out and be coming out of me. And I, it was mad. I just felt afterwards. I felt dra- oh, I literally was drained. But mm. I, I just remember feeling fucking hell. I'm knackered. Like. And it was because obviously your body's doing things it hadn't done for years and stuff, and yeah, like it was just a, a lot of stress and, and torture that you were going through. But again, that was all the time. But it weren't just off. Now it weren't just off my mum. It was off people who were like 17, 18 year old, and they're finding it funny to do things like, yeah. oh, watch this, like June, because my family name is Junior. Yeah. So everyone knows me as Carl, but my family name is Junior. So if I go to my dad's, he's like, hi, Jew. Like Jordan calls me Jew. Yeah. Like most of the people who know me call me junior in, yeah. in the sort of like family 
thing. So, Junior, come here. I come over. Bam! Just boot me for no reason. Just to, just to see me fly across the room type mm. of thing. Um, I'm just stood there thinking, what a fucking cunt. And this Lee Outen used to do it all the time. And um, I remember the year, it was when East 17 had just brought that Christmas tune out, Stay Now, Stay yeah, Now, yeah, 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 yeah. And he'd been, for years, at least two years, he'd been fucking doing shit like that, torturing me and fucking just, every when he walked past me, just a little whack. Like, not to the point where just he was... Just a bully, just, Yeah, just a fucking cunt, like... And again, I was... <laughs> About Callum's age, maybe a little bit younger. Walk yeah. past me, bam, whack me for no reason. Oh, do us a favour, pass me that. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll go and get him. Whack. Fucking, I'll just pass you your fucking magazine or whatever. I'll just pass you your cigs. Or... Mm. So you used to do it all the time. And then uh, the Christmas when E17 come out and, and that thing, I only remember it because I remember him sat in front of the telly and he was bawling his eyes out. His mum, his sister, and his sister's kid left the Christmas tree lights on one night. And the, it went up in blaze and they all died in a house fire. Yeah. And I remember I was sat like on the couch and he was sat and he was crying his eyes out. And I was thinking, fucking good. Yeah, I, 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 at that point, I know, when I was saying my happy memories, that was one of my happiest memories, thinking you fucking deserve that. Like, they yeah. don't, but you do. I'm, I'm glad you're going through that, you cunt. Yeah, and it, in your head, you've it, it's it's been... Right, like looking at it retrospectively, you're like, oh, that's three yeah. years of people who's, who've died. But to, to him, it's like, you yeah. fucking cunt. Yeah, uh, I, I was sat there, honestly, at that point in my life, that was the happiest I've ever been. Just sat there thinking, ha. And everyone else is like, like all the Danny Turner, my mom, and all the others, Ada and everyone that was all around him, like sort of consoling him. I'm sat on the couch like I was a fucking, like, like I had the biggest dick in the world. I was just like... Like you just got a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was just like, you... F-, I wouldn't say it out loud because I knew I'd get my head kicked in, but I was like, you f- God... God, everything you've done to me, I'm yes, I'm glad you're going through this. I'm not glad for his family because, like, now retrospect, like you said, but at the time I was just thinking, hi, and he was sat there and, baby, if you're going over, just stay another day. And I was like, fucking get in, like, honestly, like, it was meant I was skipping to school the next day, like, I was so happy. <laughs> and then, obviously, yeah, it, and then afterwards, the torture started. But every time I just thought, ah, it's all right, your mum's dead, your family's dead, like, I might, you might be kicking fuck out of me, but I can ring my dad later on and tell mm. him all about it. You can't ring yours. Mm. Like I, I was honestly, even even as a kid, I was having that them weird thoughts that like you shouldn't be doing. You yeah. shouldn't be sat there as a kid thinking. But as you say, I'm glad it's your when, family's when, dead. When but, you've grown up, that's it's the thing. Yeah, that's been you got no empathy and all that, and you, yeah. you don't have the sort of the you've not been nurtured to have the right emotions. Yeah. yeah. So then you only really sort of bask in what should be glory but it's like what was a fucking horrible so I can't imagine like my family dying in a fire just before Christmas yeah. and knowing that every, even now when that song comes on mm-hmm. I sit there smiling to myself so this Christmas that's going to come on that song because it always does and I sit there even now associating that with and I think remember that cunt mm. and it's something that it'll always be there now because it's been ingrained for so long and I think remember yeah. that cunt it's just, it's, every time I'll, listen, I'll hear it I'll be like oh it's yeah. mad it's it's something that I've, I've even tried to listen to it and attach other because you attach emotions to, to Songs, different yeah, things yeah, yeah. I've tried to attach other emotions it's to it but I can't because it's because just like I just remember that was that was at that point which is it, when you say it now as an adult and again as a parent what a shit existence that that's your happiest memory up until that point like yeah. that somebody else is 
family yeah. perished in a fire. Like I, I was fucking over the moon. Yeah. It was weird, but it was just one of them where I thought that's if there is a god, he's he's giving me one back there. He's yeah. like, yeah, that that's one to you, mate. But yeah. yeah, it's mad. It was um, but yeah, Hull Hull was like that a lot. It was it was disgusting. We had um. Again, there was a lot of brothels, there was a lot of prostitution, there was mm. a lot of... She had the police working with her, so mm. the police would come and say, right, this is going down on that date, so you need people in there. Like, it, it just got... It was mad. It was like... Looking back now, it was like a movie. Yeah. And it was just... We was involved in everything, so I remember, like like I said, the Christmases, we, it was always waking up in hospital, like, for, for one reason or another. I remember one Christmas, was we lived above a shop. This is how... They used to do ram raids on shops. Um, they used to do ram raids on shops, yeah. my brother and all his mates. And we lived above his shop um, on Greenwich Ave. And they ram raided the shop beneath us. Right. We had to walk up the stairs of the shop to get to our... It was like a... It was a flat, but it had two floors, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. So, but at the time, like, car crime was massive. Um, even at that age, I was into sort of going robbing cars with him and stuff and nicking motorbikes. And mm. um, I remember there's where the Humber Bridge is, there was a little shop, me and my brother. Um, I can't remember who the other person was. We ended up robbing the shop. Um, and there was just, like, loads of... For months, we just had a fridge full of flakes. You know, yeah. the chocolate. Because that's all they had. Away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anything, anything we've seen, we just rob. Yeah. Um, to the point I'll, I'll go into another story in a minute where, about me and our Jordan but we just used to steal everything um, and, and that's how we got by because we weren't being fed yeah. so to eat you had, you had to steal so whether it's very nutritional diet that you know after yeah. <laughs> breakfast lunch and dinner yeah it's mad you just had to steal yeah, steal yeah, everything yeah. Like, and even as a young age but what she was doing she was sort of priming me and Jordan then to go into that way of life because yeah. obviously Lee was onto his stuff and, and he was getting sort of arrested more and more because obviously when you're on stuff you're not thinking about what you're doing you, you're robbing things robbing cars and all that mm. there was a lot of it going on there was a lot of violence there was a lot of um, so you take prep isn't it like, you yeah you're just prepping, prepping them to sort of Take over from take over from the next lot. So it's not grooming in the sense that sort of like sexual grooming, but grooming to become yeah, yeah, that yeah, way yeah. of life. And then we we was sort of like um, yeah, we just had to steal all the time. So there was there was once where me and Jordan, I think we our, our whole primary school when we moved to my dad's, mm. our whole primary school. Um, attendance was like 22% or something like that from yeah. from preschool to starting secondary school was like 22% so I got to my dad's I could hardly read and write I was like 11, 10 um, couldn't do anything but you didn't need to because you didn't need to be like reading and writing you didn't need to be good at school because you were just going out robbing what you needed you didn't like it was it was so easy there used to be it's a survival of the fittest sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, really? and, and it was a case of people around you just go missing There was I remember when um one of the lads, Paul Butler, he got stabbed. He went ice skating in the whole ice rink. He got stabbed. None of us were even... Was it Paul or Dave? Dave Butler got stabbed. Um, it was just a normal thing. We are just like, yeah. you know, Dave got stabbed last night. He's dead. I can't remember if he died or not. I think he did die. Um, it's mental, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah, and he just it was just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I remember when... Um, when we was, was living in Hull and some lad... Uh, he was only our age. He weren't involved in all that. His, his parents weren't involved in all that. But he he got run over by a bus and died. Right. Um, I think he's called Mark Foster. 
And it was just one of them things. Again, he's died. Everyone else is sort of lying in the streets to, to mourn him and stuff. Me and Jordan was upstairs on the snares. We we had a lot of help in Hull. Um, so my auntie Pat did a lot for us. Yeah. Um, my cousins, Kelly, Vicky and Gemma. Um, I, I don't really speak to many of my family in Hull because we went to Hull Fair in October, me, Gemma and the kids, Callum mm. and, and her two. Went to Hull Fair um, was meant to be meeting up with with Kelly and her family and stuff, but my auntie Pat had just been taken into hospital in sort of intensive care, so we just went and, and sort of come back. But it's weird, even now, what, 20, 26 years on, when we was going into Hull and I seen Hull Hospital, mm. I went dead quiet and I sort of like went into a bit of a recluse because of all the memories. Because yeah. I was like, fuck it. The first thing I said when we was going into Hull... I went, fucking hell. I said I had four Christmas mornings in there and then it, uh, a few memories come back and I was like, fuck yeah. me. Like, Maybe that you'd suppressed or something like yeah, that. that, yeah, that, that uh, obviously you just bury him and you don't need to deal with him. It's only because you'd seen something that brought it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. flashback and I was like, fucking hell. And then it, like, Gemma was like, you all right? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I'll be sound. I said, I just want to get to the fair now. Like, cause Hull, have, you, have you ever been to Hull Fair? No, man. It's like, no. it's Europe's biggest fairground. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. I got a booking for it in 2000 and Fifteen, yeah, and then the day before they cancelled. Uh, I'm not really sure good. what it was about. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2015 or 2014, 2015. I got a booking for um, Hull Fair, and I was like, when I heard what it was, I was like, I'm not really into this. Nah, just you'd love it. And then somebody told me actually what it was. Yeah, and it's like it's like for big fucking huge like big mate. Do, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you'd need to go it's on for a week it's it's, it's like from the 7th of the, to the 14th of October every year yeah. and you'd need to go every night to go on everything yeah. like it's too big to to just go for one night we we only did one night but obviously because we've got school and everything for the kids but mm. it took me back to the emotion yeah. of like what I had then so I sort of like went into a little bit of recluse a little bit mm-hmm. obviously Gemma she's with me every day and she was like you alright I said yeah yeah so I just want to get on some rides and that now, like, and she could tell straight away that it, yeah, it was affecting me a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I don't really like bother with anyone from Hull, um, yeah, from that much at all. To be fair, I just no time for like. I haven't got any good memories of it. Like, yeah, so it was why like four years of my life or five years, however long it was, and every single moment of it was. Used fucking. It's not good, is it? Weird fucking old guys wanking in front of me and mm. shit like you. Just think, nah, fuck, I'm not fucking. I'm not. I don't need. I don't need to be there for anything. Yeah. Well, I do, but I'll go off record with that in a minute. But yeah. um, yeah, there's. I just don't. I don't really bother with it. So even to the point now, like my eldest brother, my youngest brother live in Hull. Mm-hmm. I just got no relationship with them. Jordan went to his to my oldest brother's wedding, um, last year, last year or the year before. I didn't even go because mm. I just thought. I've I've just no time for anybody in Hull. I, I, it's it's just a part of my life that it's been and gone. It was and there, just leave it there and it's gone. Leave it yeah. where it is because opening it up doesn't doesn't serve any purpose. Yeah, not apart from negative. Anyways. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah, it just yeah. brings back negative vibes and it puts me into a position where it it could go either way type of thing. And I'm not willing to put myself or my loved ones through it. In, in, through yeah. that by me like having a relationship with someone that I don't need to have. Like, yeah, he's my brother. Yeah, we came from the same person. Mm. Yeah, I've got cousins. Yeah, I've got aunties. Yeah, I've got uncles and all that. But again, if you ain't bringing nothing to the table, yeah. you're not going to be sat here eating from it either. So, yeah. yeah, it's just one of them. So sort of moving forward now, um, how did the the whole Bolton thing come along? Like, 
So my dad, um, again, 535827, we was ringing it almost daily, reversing charges to my grandma. Yeah. And by this time, my dad had moved back to Bolton to be closer to home because he right. knew that obviously if he's gonna, if we're going to be reversing charges every day, there's no point in reversing charges to my grandma and then her having to ring my dad in London. He yeah. may as well be on the other end of the phone and yeah. hear it from the horse's mouth type of thing. So we got told at this point that my dad had died. She, right. she saw that we'd stop asking for him. She said, he's dead. There's nothing we can do. He's dead. You're never going to see him again. He died right. in London. But I'd been on the phone to him like 20 minutes before at the phone box. So I'd been reversing charges to him and, and that was it. So I'm sat, my dad was like, don't tell her that you reverse the charges. Don't tell her that we're having these conversations. Don't, yeah. to, to protect yourself. If she knows that you're doing this, you'll get a, a one, I slipped up once. She was, bat, she was beating me and my brother up, Lee. And uh, she was using a flip-flop Right. So she's smacking us with it, and, ah, like pretending it hurt. She's gone out of the room like, <laughs> fucking daft bitch. Yeah. And like thinking I got one over, she heard me say it, and she come running back up with a stiletto, because obviously the flip-flop didn't hurt. It's yeah, just like, fucking, yeah. it's like you might, well, might as well have hit me with a sock. Um, she come running back up with a stiletto and proper put it on us then. So yeah, I should have I should have waited a few more seconds before I called her a daft bitch, to be yeah. fair. But she was like going on, I said, I want my dad. She went, he's dead. I said, no, he's not. Five three five eight two seven. She knew the number off by heart as well because obviously right. she's always known it. I said I speak to him every day, and she kicked fuck out of me because obviously that was me having one over on her. Yeah, then it was like, that, yeah. yeah, no, she she battered me into the point where even Lee was like, Mum, please stop, please stop. And mm. usually we just sort of let him get on with it because if if Lee was getting beat up, at least it weren't me type of thing. And yeah. even as a brother, you're like, I'd rather it be him than me. And so you just sort of sit there and keep your mouth shut. But even he was like trying to pull her off say mum stop but she was fucking going to town on us because obviously she knew that I'd had one over on her type of yeah. thing so she was kicking fuck out of me I remember afterwards I thought fuck me that was that one was bad like over, like them long metal over pipes she was fucking whacking me with them kneeing yeah. me el- she weren't just like smacking she was she going oh, in like, like, a, like, a, like a UFC yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah, was yeah. like fucking kneeing me she used to headbutt you and oh, she was fucking savage man but but the thing is she's only 5'2 She's mm. only small, but mental like a mentality. She was, uh, like I've, six, I've, uh, I've seen six, gr- literally seen grown men yeah. see her and sp- like big guys like big <laughs> fucking sprint see her and think fuck Angela's there run and you yeah. run and they're just like fucking hell mad Crazy. but yeah she she proper put the boot in so I had to ring my dad the, a few days after because I grounded them mm. rang him she said for now I said oh I've got a fat lip a black eye I've got a few bumps in my head I said I told her. I told her that I've been speaking to her, so she battered me. He's like, fucking hell, mate, you can't be doing that. She'll end up fucking killing you. So he's, at this point, he's building up his dossier to the social services. So he was coming to Hull. Um, he was coming to Hull and back. Mm. That's only fools and horses. Yeah. Probably, isn't it? He was coming to Hull and back every other weekend. That's what I'm imagining the fucking, the, the accent like. Stuff yeah, the, the woman that's what it's like, back, yeah. yeah. But um, he, he was coming to Hull and back every other weekend. Um, and then... He was he was borrowing my sister. She passed away now, so he was he was borrowing her mum's car um, to to come on a Friday, pick us up, take us back to Bolton or Southport because um, my sister lived in Southport, and then on a Sunday take us back again. Yeah. And he used to like he'd take us to like Southport or Blackpool. If me and John would be robbing everything, go to Blackpool. Honestly, we, we were so such good thieves. It's mad. Like <laughs> something to be not something to be proud of. But we go to Blackpool and we said, Dad, do you want a lighter? So yeah, yeah, nice one. So thinking I'm just going to go in shopping, but I come out with pockets full. And then obviously my, my sister's brothers and sisters used to come with us. Mm. So they're another serious fucking serious family. Um, Bobby, Malcolm and Gurley. 
and Shadrach, um, they, they come with us and we just terrorise. But what my dad used to do, he was clever. Um, he'd say, right, because all we used to do is fight. Like, it's, it's all we knew. We didn't... We, yeah. We weren't any good at drawing pictures, at pl- even then playing football and nothing like that. We didn't know any of that because we never got to do it. The only thing we got to do was fight. And because we did receive so many kickings, we're fucking good at it. <laughs> so it was like, not even a case of being dead hard. It's just, I knew I'd outlast you because I'm used to getting battered off adults. Yeah. So in the end, I'll, I'll end up winning because I can take more punishment than, than yeah, yeah, anyone yeah. else my age. So we end up like being really, really violent, me and our John. Not really as much to each other. We did have quite a few good scraps, um, which was funny, but it was always us against everyone else. And then so what my dad would do is when he'd come and pick us up on the weekend, like every other week, yeah. he'd take us to Southport because my dad's a proper massive United fan. Yeah. So this is the, this is the mindset. He'd first of all say, if you're going to fight with people, you're not doing it in Bolton, because eventually you're going to live in Bolton, and you're going to create too many, too many enemies. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to do so much to someone when they're 10. When they're 15, 17, 18, they're going to find you, and yeah. they're going to do you back. So what I'll do is I'll take you to Southport. There's loads of scousers in Southport, so you can do them <laughs> instead, because my dad's a proper United fan. Yeah. So he's like, Go and do a lot of scousers, he said, because even when you're battering a scouser, they make this funny noise when you're beating them up. And that. <laughs> so, like, fucking, so, like, what he was doing, though, he was just getting it all out of our system. Yeah. So, at the time, we was like, oh, Dad's ace is taking us to Funland. You know, uh, have you ever been to Southport? No, but I know, I know what you're on about, yeah. Funland at the front. We got banned. We was the only kids to ever be, have, a, have a lifetime ban from Funland because he used to take us every other week. So we used to fucking, we used to batter people and then just throw them in the ball pool and put loads of balls over them and that. And then that was it. I was fucking mad. Like, thinking back to it now, we was savages. Like, me and Jordan were, were we were fucking Yeah, but it was disturbed. just bringing in, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. so disturbed and that was just our way of life. Like, yeah. even, even in Bolton, we'd have so many different fights and everything and it was just a case of, what else do we fucking know? Like th- that's exactly, it. And then yeah, when yeah. when we finally moved in with my dad, so this went on for a couple of years. Mm. Um, we the same sort of routine. Dad come in every other um, every other week, picking us up, bringing us back to either Bolton or we'd go and watch my dad play football. And then it it sort of start in, implementing certain rules, not rules as such, but sort of right when we go to Funland, I don't want any fights this time. Yeah. Just this, just this once. If you don't fight with anyone, what we'll do, we'll take you on the Ferris wheel, and we'll do this, and we'll do that. So it's slowly start building it in. It's, it's a normality then, isn't it? Yeah. It's so like... it's teaching us how to be kids. Yeah. So it'd be like, right, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said, Dad, can I have that hat? Yeah, we can. But I, I really want a coffee. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Funland. You to go and play in there. I'm going to have a coffee. Don't fight with anyone. Yeah. While while I'm having my coffee, and then I'll go and get you that hat. All right, and sound so we'd just be playing normal, and then yeah. we'd get the urge to, but then we were like, no, because I want that hat. And then knowing that even yeah, when we went back to Hull, even Lee or my brothers and that would take it off us anyway. What a it, smart guy, though. Oh, mate, yeah. super, super intelligent. Yeah. Like, literally, not many people can hold a torch to him. Like when it comes to the, the, his his way of it's intellectual, really intellectual. Yeah, yeah. on on a, on a next level. Like it was, it was so astounding. Like. Mm. To look back as a parent now, all I do is I just copy what he did with me and Jordan. Yeah. Like as a parent, everyone's like, "Oh, you're such a good dad." I'm not. I just copy what he did. He's a good dad. I'm just a good. I'm just a good imitator. Yeah. That's all I do. I just copy right. What What would dad have done? Right, Callum. This is your punishment for that. And even now, like, so Callum, Pasha, and Harley, who are Gemma's two, yeah. little siblings, they'll argue. They'll they'll 
because obviously we all live together. Yeah. They'll argue, they'll fight. So what my dad used to do is when me and Jordan used to go at it, we used to proper scrap. Like it weren't, it was like a barroom brawl. We'd, go, <laughs> we'd be like, again, biting each other red, but because that's how we knew to fight. Yeah, that's yeah, what we yeah. used to be on the receiving end of. So my dad would sit like, he'd, he'd have his chair there. He'd sit me on that side, sit Jordan on that side. He'd be right, you're in court now. I'm the judge, I'm the jury. You'll speak and then you'll speak. If you speak and you forget something, and he brings it up, that's your fault for not remembering. So when it's your turn, you make sure you bring everything, and I'll decide who's guilty and who gets the punishment. <laughs> so Gosh. I do that now with, like, without realising it. Subconsciously. I'll be yeah, like, Callum, yeah. right, you speak, Pasha, then you speak, Harley, then you speak. Yeah. If he mentions something that you didn't mention, I'm going to wonder why you forgot to tell me that, why you didn't tell me. So that makes me think that you're hiding something. So then you get the full story yeah. because obviously no one wants to be in any more trouble. Yeah. So then that's what he used to do. And then, yeah, it was funny, man. We used to have some right good brawls, me and Jordan, with each other. But then obviously you learn to respect each other a lot more anyway because then you know when when it is us two against the world, yeah. it's like I know I know he's got he's my got back, back and I've got yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I, I know what he can take and, and everything. So it was good. So he used to take us to Southport and that. Yeah. Um, and then that went on. And then... One Christmas, he was meant to be having us on Boxing Day for my birthday and then bringing us back on, on the 30th the next day. Yeah. And he rang us and my mum said, oh, yeah, tell him to tell him to pick you up from school on the Friday and then he can... Uh, tell him to pick you up from, from Auntie Pat's or whatever on the Friday mm. and then bring you back on the 30th. And that's... Yeah, yeah, sound... Um, he said, oh, do me... F-. So she said, oh, ask him if he's um, if he's dropping the court case to, for custody. So I said, oh, dad, like, mum wants to know if you're dropping the court case for custody. No, mum, he's not, he's not dropping it. He's, he said he'll, he'll, he'll be in court on the 12th of January, whatever mm-hmm. it is. She went, right, well, tell him you're not going this Christmas then. So I was like, oh, dad, mum said we're not coming this Christmas. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. listen, mate, tell your brother, I love you both. I really want to see you, but I'm not dropping this court case because you yeah. deserve better than what you've got. Yeah. So... I'm not going to see you this Christmas. I'm not going to see you on your birthday. But it'll be worth it in Christmas. It'll be, yeah, it'll be worth it in, in the years to come. And then we ended up that Christmas. A few days before Christmas, some woman, because we had to walk up the the shop's stairs to get mm. to our flat. Some woman stopped me and she went, are you going up to that flat there? I said, yeah. She went, they stole my car for my disabled child. Um, and you can tell them all, we're, we're coming for you. Yeah, all right, love, because we used to get threatened all the time, so we didn't mm. think nothing of it. And then on Christmas Eve, my mum had gone to London. Um, there was me, Lee, Jordan, Joel, um, and a few of Lee's mates, and obviously they were all smacked off the tits. We was all just sort of laying in bed about three o'clock in the morning. Dog, it's booted open. A lot of guys come in, start fucking just laying into everyone. I think the only people who... Even our Joel... Joel would have been one, maybe two. Someone slapped him, told him to shut the fuck up. Because they'd they'd robbed this disabled kid's car, like the the, the mum's car, obviously, but it was for the disabled kid. It had been converted so that it was all suited for this kid. So obviously the whole family was in there. We are all in there. We got the shit kicked out of us. So obviously then one of the neighbours has heard the commotion, rang the police and the ambulance. So we got tucked to fucking Christmas Christmas morning, waking up in hospital thinking like, fuck me, that was mad. Like Mm. Not thinking it was weird, just fucking, oh, that was a bit bit strange. Like, But it was... um, yeah, even Joel, he was a, a baby baby. He was crying his eyes out. Because obviously you wake up to screaming and shouting. Yeah. A few days before, I nicked this um, 
clay cat out of someone's garden. Right. And I give it to my mum as a present. And I can't remember the lad's name. He was getting his head kicked in on the floor. And whoever it was, they grabbed this clay cat. It was fucking heavy. And picked it up and launched it. It hit him in the ribs and broke about four of his ribs. And um, he made this noise that I've never heard from a person before. He just squealed, like, in pain. Yeah. It was just... I was like, fuck me. Ridiculous. Yeah, I just like, it was mad. But then... <clears throat> In, in the middle of all that there's also all the stuff that like mum's having to she's wanting then to take over Hull so she's mm. going against all the other dealers are there she's got the yardies coming up from London mm. to fucking help her take over Hull but then with a plot to sort of overthrow her when she's took over Hull we'll then just send someone up so there was fucking loads of things like Joel's dad he was doing 13 years for post office robbery mm. um, Lee's dad he was just never never about he was sort of Every couple of years, he'd show up, and that was it, yeah, that type yeah. of thing. But it was just, it was just mad, man. It was, it was, it was chaos, just constant like chaos, and it was. You'd never have a day where you just sat chilling. Yeah. It was always, always something where it was just mad. Something, yeah. Yeah, it was just fucking pandemonium. So you moved over to Bolton. Did and you, you obviously you've just told me about the court thing when you do with your dad and then yeah, that's how you implement it and stuff like that. You're starting to get a normal life away from that. Have you? Is that you? Like disconnected from your mum completely now? Yeah, yeah. So nineteen ninety six, we moved up here, hmm. and then she'd gone down to London for something. Um, she was she'd moved back to London, and then we went one weekend. And then she she made me ring my dad in the morning. Mm. Oh no, she made me ring my dad at night or in the morning, I can't remember, and say, you need to send some money um, or I'm taking them to social services. Right, I see. Or they're going into care because we was, we was constantly in and out of care in, in thinking, so my dad was like, hang on, no, you don't do that. They live with me now. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you're not fucking putting them in care. So she was like, well, it's either that or you come and get them. And he was like, I only dropped them off last night. What the fuck? Why didn't you tell me last night you needed money? I've, I've got the train back to back to Bolton now. So obviously mm. London London to Bolton is a bit of a dist- distance. So he's thinking worst case scenario. So he's rang Jasmine's mum, my sister Jasmine. He rang her mum, Pat, and said, I need, I need the car. Like, I need you to get here now. I need to get to London. Mm. So... Pat's come from Southport to Bolton. My dad's fucking filled the tank, bombed it to London. Don't know how he got there that quick because it was it was fast. Mm. But he must have been doing no, like serious seventy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A fast seventy. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. in a very fast seventy. But he got from Bolton to Hull in in no time, and that it was like one of them. Um, is it Manta or Mazda? It was a, it was a fast car anyway. Yeah, and I remember not knowing the conversation that mum had had with my dad. And he just turned up, grabbed me and Jordan, got us in the car and drove back. Yeah. And obviously at the time, even though I knew it was better to be with my dad, I still wanted to be a bit of time with mum. So I was like, I fucking hate you, dad. Like, and it, it is like, when you're older, you'll understand. And that's the only words that we spoke all the way back to, to but I think I fell asleep in because it was dark. Um, and that was that like, but yeah, he, he, after that, I think that was the last time I seen her until... 2001 um, when we sort of bumped into each other by chance um, but then after that I've, I've never never had anything no. to do with her just not fucking it was weird I, I, I went visiting my 
after me and Jordan moved in with my dad, yeah. um, Joel Lee got sent to prison. Joel was being neglected to fuck. Um, social services went around one day and he was eating the format of the back of a couch wow. just to feed himself, like, yeah. and he was on his own there was no one in there's fucking pipes and needles and everything all around the place so she got took he got took off her yeah. and my auntie pat said well i'll have him like he can come and live with me yeah. so he's gone from london to hull um lived with my auntie pat um which caused fucking chaos because obviously my mum and pat have never been close yeah. anyway so then for her to then have her child child yeah. it caused fucking chaos so i've gone to um hull Around about 2001, I think I'd just left school or I was about to leave school. Um, and we were just walking down the road. My mum must have moved back to... I didn't know any of this. My, Lee was on my mum's side heavily because obviously she was feeding his fucking addiction yeah. and that. Um, and we were just walking through town. And as I'm walking through town, I'm buzzing because I've not seen Joel for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, like all through secondary school, I've not seen him so... Because me and Joel have got the same birthday as well. They're nine right. years apart, but same birthday. Right. So I was buzzing to be sort of my little brother, not seeing him for ages and, and everything. So gone to Hull, walking through town, and then some woman's come flying past on a bike and tried to grab him. So I've like pulled him, like a natural reaction, pulled him. What the fuck's going on? So then she's screaming, this woman's screaming at me, Auntie Pat, and fucking, give me my boy back and all that. So I didn't know it was her at the time. Did you unrecognisable, was she? Yeah, she, the drugs had just ruined her. Like right, a okay. You wouldn't have known, like, it was only because they had seen her about why they knew who it was. Yeah. But I had not seen her since 96 till 2001, and during right. that time, the drugs had just took its toll massively. Right. Um, so she's trying to grab... I'm, I've got hold of Joel's one arm, and she's got hold of his other arm. She's trying to pull him, so I'm like, fucking... The f-. So I said to my cousin, Kelly, what the fuck's going on? I want my son! Blah, blah, blah. So even when she was saying that, it wasn't... The penny Registry. wasn't dropping. Yeah. I was just thinking wow, what's going on? Like, and then my auntie Pat went, you want your son? That's your other fucking son. Because mm. obviously by then I'd gone from 10 to leaving school. I was like big, broad. Yeah. Um, and that was that. So she's like, looked and she was like, Junior, oh darling, come here. So she come over. I just like slapped, not slapped her, but just sort of slapped her to push her away. Yeah. And then, I think it was Kelly, my cousin, who just sort of grabbed me, grabbed Joel and just sort of pulled me into this cafe. Yeah. And then, I could feel like the shakes and everything. I, I, I was fuming. Because I've always said to myself, when I'm an adult, if I ever see her, I'll just give her one dig back. And she said, that's for all the memories. Yeah. That's for all the fucking, just one punch back. And she said, that, that's for everything. But I thought, I'll put enough into that one punch yeah. that it'll, it'll release everything that I've ever felt like bad. I'd never got the fucking chance. Yeah. So I was fuming with Kelly for that. Because <laughs> obviously at the time I was thinking, right, this is my chance now. Because obviously I was going into my like sort of 16, 15, 16, an adult, 17, yeah. Like and I knew there, that yeah, I had yeah. the power to to do it then. And it was the right time. Like if I seen her now, I couldn't do it because she's in 60s or whatever. I'd probably kill her now. But at that time, that was always my thing. Like if you ever seen her, I'd just love to give her one fucking dig back. There's like three, three maybe four people on the planet who are in that category and I'd still say mm. if I ever bumped into him I'd still do it just because of everything that I went through that's my that's my release but I'll never get that release because they're yeah. too old now I'd, like I say they've been doing fucking she's been doing drugs for well I'm 37 so all of your life yeah really, she's been yeah. doing drugs for a good 40 years but mm. 
But it, it's... Uh, so, do you know where she's at now? Like, no idea. No idea. No. I, I believe somewhere in London. Um, and you're just happy that that's it? That's that yeah, one, she's, yeah. She's, she's dead to me. Um, yeah. You know, she's... It's... The way that I explain it to people is who, who go out to raves and that, she's someone I met in the bogs in a club. Yeah. You know, you, your best friend for that night in the bogs and you never see him again, you never hear from him again. Just someone I used to know. Yeah. Just someone who, who I had really... the unfortunate pleasure of knowing and experiencing mm-hmm. a part of my life with. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, unfo- the, the, the biggest unfortunate part is that that period of time with her was the period that shaped me for the rest of my fucking life so the the lasting effects knowing what she's what she took out of me yeah was was just fucking ridiculous like she, yeah. like i say i don't get out anybody hitler didn't do to jews what she did to us mm. he just killed them she fucking tortured us like mentally physically emotionally I don't Everywhere. think anyone who's watching this right now would err, err on her side in any way. Yeah, yeah, she just... And I don't think it's one of these things you're just telling your side of the story and she's got her whole blurred lines. Yeah, and I'd be there when I was getting a bit older. That fucking bitch dad and he'd say, we'll have a conversation when you're older. And he's always said that. And even now... We, 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 you're we 37, we'll have that conversation when you're older. Even now, like, <laughs> we, we used to sit up and talk till, like, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I used to have school, at, like, get up for school at 7. We'd sit up talking because... He was like the counsellor. He just wanted us to talk and talk and talk and just get it all off our chest. And then, good, good thing to have. Yeah, we sort of we moved to Bolton and then it was kind of good for me that I was starting secondary school because I was small. I was in, I was surrounded by everyone that was bigger. Seeing this uh, this woman called Bernie. Yeah. She had two daughters, Alison and Charlene. Um, and weirdly enough, Bernie lived next door to, you know, both Woody's MCs yeah, yeah. live next door to Woody's. All right. So when we were growing up, Bob Woods and all that, we, like, we, we grew up sort of next door to him and that because we was always there. And I went yeah. to school literally at the end of their street. I went to Withings. Yeah. Um, so that's how I sort of started meeting everyone. We, we lived on one side of Bolton, but I went to school on the other side of Bolton, where my yeah. grandma lived. Um, so my, my, like I say, my grandma fucking diamond of a woman she helped us out so much yeah um and it, it was just the case of like we moved to bolton then and he, he slowly started like implementing well this is how you should be i remember once yeah. we used to we used to be so we'd be in the car right coming back from home my dad would be in the fast lane yeah. doing again a very fast 70, uh, 70. Yeah. i'd be hanging my feet would be on the inside of the car my ass would be here I'd be holding Jordan over the roof of the car and he'd be on that side, of like hanging out of that window. We'd be holding each other. Pat used to work at um, a round trees factory in Southport. So she right. used to bring her these big fucking bin bags of Jolly Ranchers and Chewits and all them. We couldn't eat them all. So we were just launching them at cars down the motorway. <laughs> like, but So I'm, I'm literally hanging over the car, sat on the window right down, sat on the window, yep. hanging over it, holding onto Jordan's hand so he didn't fall. He's holding onto my hand so I didn't fall. Both our legs like tucked right into the thing to stop us from falling backwards launching Jolly Ranchers at cars and this is on the fucking M62 doing like fucking 80, 90 mile an hour. My dad used to be sat there like, he must have been thinking, what the fuck am I going to do with these kids? Yeah. And then we've done it once. We was coming around the corner in uh, in Bolton and I launched this Jolly Rancher at a car and a police car was coming the other way. So it flashed us, <laughs> pulled us over. 
and then um, that was the last time we ever no it weren't the last time we ever did it we used to go out into the country and do it so <laughs> I'll tell you funny stories in a bit about my dad's mate Harvey fucking hell what a guy he's another one that shaped me in such a good way but yeah. um, it's the last time we did it with just my dad because the police come out and my dad got out of the car he's gone over to me and said listen mate I'm stuck with two fucking feral kids here he said like they've been through so much he said if you I don't know if you're able to do it, but radio over and just t- uh, ask them about Angela Chapman. That's their mum. Mm. Like, ask them, uh, Angela Chapman from Hull. The you'll see what they've what they've been through. So the guys like the my dad was fucking. It still is. My dad's black, six foot, dreadlocks. <laughs> he still is. Yeah, well, I, I know he said he, he was black, but he still is. You know what I mean? He's, he's not Michael Jackson, like. But yeah. uh, my dad's black, six foot, so he's never got on with the police too well, to be fair. Yeah. And obviously, he's been inside a, a, a time, and he's been arrested, and he's there's been an ongoing sort of thing with the police, especially with black people as well. Yeah. Um, for a copper to sort of put his hand on my dad's shoulder and say, "Good luck with it all," like he, he must have said like this and these kids have been through some shit I know he shouldn't be launching Jolly Ranchers at cars going past but what the fuck can I do I'm, I'm in a long I'm, I'm in a marathon not a sprint like yeah. for me to get them to stop doing that it's going to take yeah it's going to take years for me to get them to stop so you might end up knowing these kids a little bit over the next few years but it, I'll get them where they need to be type of thing so the guy's like good luck to you and then he come in the car and he pretended it was more serious so he's like I just nearly got arrested then we nearly lost our house we nearly so I was like he, he said you know you're going to end up going back to your mum if I get arrested there's no one else here to have you're going to go back to your mum so after that I was like fuck that and then that was lesson one right stop throwing things out of cars in, in public places <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it was moving on then so from there you, you're sort of starting to grow up I, I, I you said your dad plays football um, yeah, yeah so so like is this the point where you and Jordan are getting into football yeah so Jordan was more was more into it initially than me which is probably why he's better which I don't like saying <laughs> um, but yeah he, he's sick our Jordan so we, he used to take us, what my dad used to, he, he knew that we had all these years of pent-up energy. Yeah. Um, and we, we we were just like... Um, you just need burnt out, don't you, really? Yeah, yeah we yeah, just yeah. needed to, to burn it all out. So every single night, we used to walk down the back of the train tracks and onto this field, and we'd play football, football, football. So he'd say, right, you're going in and out of the corns. He'd tie this bag, uh, like a, a big sports bag, to the top corner. So you go in and out of the corns, you run with the ball, you put it into that top corner, in and out the corners. And I've seen Jordan score that goal so many fucking times since. Taking players on, cut inside into the top corner. Yeah. And any anyone who's played with our Jordan will know what that's where, yeah. Mm. He's done it so many times and, and that's what we did every single night. Mm. And then this guy called John, uh, John Kelly, Irish John, what a guy. He was walking past Queen's Park. He's seen us, he comes over, introduces himself. Cause my dad used to referee rounders as well, because my auntie Karen used to um, play rounders for West in- for the West Indian Centre. So my dad used to ref, because it was all like the West Indian Centre was where like there was me. I'm sure Roach used to go there as well, but there's all the, all the West Indians, so the, all the Jamaican families would, they'd, all the older was, all the elders would be there playing dominoes. And then my dad's generation, so like my auntie Karen and my dad and all that generation were there just sort of having a few drinks and a, a few spliffs and that. Yeah. And then the kids would all grow up together as well. Yeah. So the, we'd, we'd all be sort of continuing the, the trends on moving forward. So like all the, all the battles and everything, like the battles were a family, so Stu Battle and everyone who, who yeah. used to play for the same team as my dad, their kids to be on. So we all grew up together knowing each other, like so Tommy yeah. Battle and everyone would all grow up like, oh yeah, it's happening. And then we'd... Um, John Kelly had seen us playing football and said, oh, you should come along to Oxford Grove. 
So I was like, I, I, I'm a, I, I just play at school and stuff. I'm, I'm not really that, that fussed. And my dad took Jordan down to Oxford Grove. I think his first game he scored four, and then he just never stopped scoring since. Like, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's just a freak in front of goal. Um, just want to ask you as well, like while we're, like sort of on the subject, um, with with regards to say football or even <laughs> MCing or anything, do you find it a competitive thing with Jordan? Nah, no. um, football. I think we did, um, but even that. Did you, do you find that he got better because he was trying to match you and then you try and get better to match him? Or? Nah, I think what it is, um, I wanted to be the best out of all my mates. Yeah. Jordan wanted to be the best. Full stop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So as long as I was the best in whatever team I was playing for, as long as I was the best in whatever group of mates I was playing with, yeah, I was happy being the big fish in the little pond. Jordan wanted to be the blue whale. Yeah. In the little pond, like yeah. he wanted to be the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. So he, he, he's his drive is so much higher, not just the mind. Then I think most people I know, yeah. he just he if he sets his mind on something, he perfects the craft, which is why it's mad. It's mad how how talented he is when he sets his mind. So he, he must have fucking autism or Asperger's or something like that. Because when yeah. he when he sets his mind on something, it's he is unreal. It. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. football. He, 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 again, I, I don't know anybody as good as him that hasn't made it professional. Yeah. MC and obviously MC and hosting, whichever you want to class him yeah. as at the minute. Again, I'll go back to my comment earlier on. I think between him and Finchie is sort of battling for the for the top one. Yeah. Uh, I think top two at Jordan and Finchie in terms of um, all round. Oh, yeah. So as much as I respect Farrell and for me, Farrell is the best host. Yeah. If you get Farrell on stage at Reminis or something like that, there's no one better. Yeah. But, and he'll say this himself, he, he's not going to be in, you know, a Connie club, spitting bars. It's never been his, his, his thing. He's got his little 16s and stuff because he was mainly brought up on zone and stuff like that. So he's, yeah. but in terms of all rounder, you, 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 can, you can't look past Jordan and Finchie for me. So I think with, 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 there's competition between us. So when we played for the same teams, yeah, like we we had a, a couple of seasons where we both played. My dad ran the team, and me and Jordan was playing up front, and we scored something like 140 goals between us that season. Yeah, and it was just a kid. But I love to see him do well, and he loves to see me do well, yeah. and we bring out that sort. Oh of, no, no, like friendly competition. I'm not talking about oh he's doing this, I'm doing that. Like say you'd score, I and think you're realistically, like, right, Jordan, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna score one more than you. Then it's yeah. Like, so yeah. what we do, Jordan, finishing wise, I wouldn't ever try and compete with him in terms of goal scoring. Yeah. So what I'd do, he'd score four, but I'd rainbow flick three people, and I, I'd I'd make sure <laughs> that like I'd do other things that yeah, that yeah. he might not do. But in, so I, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't even say I wouldn't. I don't think I could compete with him in terms of goal scoring. Uh, we was both fast as fuck, so there's not many people who, who could keep up with us on a pitch or even just a, a flat out sprint. Um. It was it, there was always a sort of competition in terms of right, who's going to be the one that everyone talks about yeah. in terms of on the pitch or whatever. But then I think as when we started emceeing, so I, I think I'm pretty sure I gave him his first gig for right. Gravity when me and um, Ad Walker was doing Gravity. Um, I dragged him along to he, he was doing Harmony, so he got into it because I started listening to the tapes or like two part two, 17, two yeah. and 11 part three and all them. And I was like really into it. Um, but when we was growing up, 
none of us was really into, even though we had the tapes, was more into like So Solid Crew, Oxide Neutrino, yeah, yeah. and the garage type of thing, because obviously the London background mm. was more into that. So my first ever rhyme was over um, some track on disc two on Execute, Oxide and Neutrino. Right. And it was just, there was no bars on it. It was just the, the track and I was writing a rhyme. In fact, no, it wasn't. My first ever rhyme, fucking hell, yeah. My first ever rhyme was when I was about seven. I was in London and um, me and Lee wanted to form a band. My big brother wanted to form a band. And let me see if I can remember it now. We was watching... Um, do you remember the, the the really old film House Party? Yeah, 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 Play? yeah. Class, class film. And uh, we wrote a thing saying... What was it now? This is the beer. Really this... cheesy like rap music as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and we wrote a thing between us because my mum's um, mate got us a drum set. So I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to be a band. Right. And that was it. And it, the, the rhyme was something like... Um, this is the P-L-A-Y. Asking you, may I? I'll tell you about the day I picked up the microphone and pen and pad. These are the lyrics I wrote and said. Can you leave the guy you said you loved, hug, cherish and kiss? Because this bad boy here, you just missed. I can't remember the rest of it. I know that was it, but like, yeah, we wrote that because we was going we to be a, a rap band, me and Lee, because Jordan was too young. But yeah, I remember that. Fucking hell. But my first proper rhyme where I wanted to actually perform in, in clubs and that was, um, it wasn't actually over bounce or, or donk, as they say now. But it wasn't actually over um, our genre. It was over uh, Oxide and Neutrino. Right. Because I was, I was more writing along them things because obviously with my story I couldn't relate to many people who were like I was listening to like Avi FEZ yeah, Wizard like, yeah 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 it's a different style of now you for. can you can write bars and people can relate to it a little bit more back then it weren't like writing bars it was just like little 16s or even 8s just yep. like just crowd hyping and freestyling and that freestyle I've never been able to really freestyle that well yeah but um, yeah it was just listening to them and then it was just my mate Berg he, he had some decks so we used to get stoned go to his house he'd be yeah. on the decks and then he'd say go on Drew try and try, try and spit so all I used to do was copy whatever Farrell said yeah um, like a lot did yeah just, just copied whatever he said and we used to do little tapes and start again so we start the tape again so I just, <laughs> I'd basically just be copying Wizard Avi and, and yeah. Farrell um, and just copying them over and over again and then I started writing my own and then it just sort of went from there, but I, I was writing it with um, Worthy, MC Worthy. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we was, our, our group was like, me and Worthy was really, really close friends when we were growing up. And then just sort of slowly but surely started writing more and writing more. And then I started doing it in, in Berg's bedroom. And then yep. from his bedroom, he was like, oh, we should go Stag's Head. And then the first night I went Stag's Head, Roach was there. Right. And um, it was just, it was when he was like, danger, danger, you're in my fucking bed. Like, like, I remember at first I thought he was called MC Danger because he kept saying it over and over again, Danger, Danger, but he weren't doing the full rhyme. I saw he must be like, he must be called MC Danger because I didn't know him properly at that time. I was only yeah. 15, 16 or something like that. Um, and then every, every Thursday, I think it was, every Tuesday or th- Thursday night, yeah, it used to be Stag's Head and everyone used to go. It was rammed and it was like you'd be buying a pint and a pill uh, behind the bar. Pint and two is Big shout Leslie. Uh, <laughs> pint and a pill for behind the bar. <laughs> but yeah, it was sick and crummy and that. It was, honestly, it was so good. But that's where I learned to sort of control my voice a little bit more and, and learn more. Like, Crummy was mint. Crummy never really made it big. Um, but he was an, an MC Robbie. He was another one, um, Robert Stevenson. And he used to say, when they're singing, don't MC. 
So yeah. you've just got to shut up because that's the song. Like yeah. when it stops singing, that's when you do your little bit. And he, he sort of taught me a lot. Um, and then other people have come. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was fucking good. But yeah, my, my first, Jordan's first gig was sort of in Stag's Ed. It was doing the, it was doing the, um, not the blackout stuff. It was Harmony, yeah. Harmony Youth Club, and then it, it, then they started doing the blackout things. So I think at one point they had Matty Fisher, so Double MC, mm-hmm. Kurt Chadwick, Dowie. Dowie's unbelievably talented lyrically. Yeah. Fuck me, what a guy! Like lyrically, he's up there with with the best that have ever done it for mm-hmm. me. He's, he's so sick on word the way play. Jordan. Plays, plays with words that, yeah, yeah he, he's ridiculous. Um, Jordan, Bam. Roach, um, there was quite. I never really went to. I went to Harmony, but it was mainly sort of Jordan's thing. Mm. And I was because I was a little bit older. The people that was going was a bit younger, and I felt sort of too old to be going to Harmony, right? Which was fucking stupid because I could have been in blackout if I'd have carried on going. That's what I was going to earn, yeah, earn, yeah. a bit of money, like. But I, I, in my opinion, I just felt I was a bit because I was out getting pilled up and getting pissed and mm. learning about fucking life. The younger lot was sort of going there from school as a sort of after school club more than yeah. more than uh, seeing anything else sort of yeah. um, happening. So I was a little bit older. So I didn't want to. Be, I didn't want to be that guy that hung around with Jordan's mates either. Like yeah. so, he was like he went to school with Kurt with with a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, that's Jordan's set of mates. Like I'll do my own thing, and eventually we'll see what happens from yeah, it. I've but then, when when we started doing Gravity, I was saying to, um, I think a few blackouts had been done since there's a blackout volume, like maybe one to five or whatever. Yeah. Whenever Jordan started getting on, so I was saying to Walker because I used to work with Walker, and um, I was was working at a window factory, and I used to have a Walkman on, and I used to just sit there emceeing to myself on my break because I didn't really know anyone in West Orton. Yeah. And I'm sat there emceeing to myself on my break, having a cig and stuff like that. And then he comes over, Walker, he said, do you emcee? I said, yeah. I said, well, I, said, well, I try. I'm not like mint yeah, yeah. it. And then he went, um, he said, do you want to come mine after work? He said, we'll have a little bit of a mix and that. He said, I'll get the mic out. He said, just have a little mix down if you want. I said, yeah, sound, let's go for it. Because Walker used to do all the old sanctuaries. like yeah. So I knew who he was when he said, oh yeah, Adam Walker. I said, oh yeah, sound, I've heard you on the, t- like people say your name on the tapes and that. So to me, it was like, fucking hell, it's Adam Walker. Everyone... FEZ knows his name, so he must be big, like, and because yeah. they all grew up together, they all went to the same school and all that, I think. So, um, that's how me and Walker ended up sort of getting to know each other, and then we we just formed a really good friendship, and to the point where we won't speak to each other much, mm. but every couple of months, I just drop a message. Yeah, it's yeah. happening, lad. You good? Like, and it's that sort of friendship where we're not there every day, but we're there when it matters. Everyone, everyone's got them. Yeah. yeah. And I think obviously, especially when kids come into it and everything, <clears throat> your, your time gets divided. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So there. So from from there, you've sort of like you've got this gravity thing going. You've and your first night started and stuff. Well, what was what was the idea behind it? Did you just want somewhere to to out your um your your, your perform or was it was it what was it or were you? It was just, to be fair, it was mainly Walker's idea. Um, And I think at the time, your main MCs were, were Blackout were just starting to make moves. Yeah. Um, So this is 2004. I've been doing it in like little, 
little places like uh, like Runworth Hall and stuff like yeah. that. Like little places that where all your mates would just sort of get the decks and rig a deck, like rig a mic up and that, and we'd do it. And then I got a little few bookings here and there, but there weren't anything serious. And I, I don't like a think, nightclub or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, there yeah. weren't anything like where I thought I was ever going to do anything serious. Not on like a BTID stage or anything like that. Well, they didn't yeah. have it then, but you know what I mean? Like on that scale, I, I didn't really think of it in that way. Walker just said like, oh, I fancy running a night. He said, but it's a ball at doing it on your own. I said, well, I'll help you. Because mm. um, at the time I was thinking, well, it's going to be a success because he's mates with Farrell, Avi, Guesty, and all the fucking legends. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, yeah. It's not a bad place to position yourself to Absolutely, like be yeah. in, in that. Even if, like I said, the first Gravity Night we did, I think we had Farrell was DJing, we had Avi on, we had Paul EC, who was class at the time, um, Desire, have I said Guesty? Guesty was mm. on, e, I think EJ, Mad Atta, Dave so Shaw and Walker. So I was like, yeah, fucking yeah. hell, if I'm in, I'm, on, I'm only going to get better being around them people. It's yeah. like, you know, you, you become a product of your environment. They're not going to lower themselves to get where I am. I've got yeah. to raise myself to get yeah. where they are. Yeah. And the first night, I must have said about four rhymes, like I was saying to you before. Mm. Avi was MC, and I'd, I'd only heard him on tapes before, and he was completely different to what I'd pictured him to be. Mm. Like, and I just remember watching him MC, thinking, "Fuck it, I'm getting thirty quid for tonight. I'm sound. Like, <laughs> it pays for my taxi home. I'm just going to learn off him and just watch him." Yeah. So I'm just watching him, and him and Paul, because Paul EC's got such a different style and a way of. MCing, yeah. so I thought right we'll just copy him and I think at one point I was trying to blag Farrell to get on the mic and he was like no I'm here to DJ I'm not here to MC." Yeah. so I was like fucking hell I wanted to watch him and learn off him as well but <laughs> he, he won't get on he, he, quite, he could be quite stubborn Farrell when he wants to be as everyone knows who, who knows him well anyway but yeah. I just remember watching Avi and he was just on the mic for it must have been about an hour and a half and, he, and during that hour, usually if someone's on the mic for an hour and a half someone at some point is going to think fucking hell it's a bit it's dragging on a bit. Yeah. No one was. Everyone was up on the dance floor. Loving it, yeah. I was just sat there watching him thinking, fuck me, I'm shit. Like, <laughs> compared to him, I'm so bad. Like, I need to up my game. Which I started doing a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And Walker sort of stuck with me. Um, so we started having a few more nights and a few more nights. And it, it were mainly just sort of like, it were two mates running a night. We didn't really see it getting anywhere. Yeah. We just sort of thought, we get to perform and see where it goes. And then we ended up doing a few um, versus nights with... Um, adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yeah. With that. That's when we first met Arky, Duffy, mm-hmm. Satster, and, and, and Angel and a few others. And it was just like, I was just living the dream. I was just thinking, fucking hell. Like, I know I'm I'm nowhere near as good as he, because first time I heard Arky, I was mesmerised. Yeah, like, he I, came I, with a completely different style for him. Yeah, so, first yeah. time I heard him, and him and Duffy came with a very similar style, yeah. but still very different to each other as well. Yeah. I remember seeing them both and I was like, fucking hell. Our Jordan said, these two lads, because Jordan was on the same night as me. Yeah. He went, these two lads are coming tonight. He said, one of them, he said, Arky, he said, listen to him. He said, just listen to him. He said, if you don't do anything else, you just listen to him. He said, watch how he does it and everything. So yeah. I remember just watching him. I was thinking, fuck me. Sitting this... when he's on stage as well. I mean, he he, he does it so effortlessly. Yeah. Like you, it, it doesn't even look like he doesn't look like he's trying. Yeah. Like he, but... mentally, he's probably doing shopping lists in his head and that. But <laughs> he's just oh, he's so good. Like naturally, yeah. so his flow, his freestyling, and he knows when to go hard. He knows when to sort of slow it down. He knows when to be a little bit giddy. And back then, he 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 used to get. 
not on it, but he used to like get involved with everyone yeah. as well. I don't know if he still does. I've not seen him um, out and about for years, but you, you related to him more because yeah. you'd see him a bit smashed. He was one of the lads. Yeah. Like you, you, you buy into what he was saying and like, yeah, I was walking home on Friday night. And I, <laughs> I, I knew that. I can't remember it all word for word now. I probably would if I went. I, I, I knew it word for word. I used to be like yeah. a proper little fanboy. I was working with him and I was at the front of the, Stage chanting his rhymes back to him, Gosh. and then like, yeah, I, I fucking I, love, I think he's just he's he's an exceptional talent. Duffy right. as well, Duffy's got a mad thing, but yeah, we sort of got our Jordan involved, had the few things with adrenaline, and then I just sort of like, I had a few little bits here and there, and I, I think I sort of had a few bookings. We did um at DNA, so I'd had a few bookings there. We did um Battle of the Tribes. Right. And we got the coach there. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea, but I double dropped on the way. And I must have shouted Oggy, Oggy, Oggy about four times in a row. And right. Jordan just come and snatched the mic off me. He went, go and sit down, you two fucked. Like, yeah, so I got in the dance floor and got amongst it and that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but other than that, it was it was good. But then that's where I started meeting like Candy, Grundians, like yeah. meeting guests, you meet, meeting people through sort of being out and about. Because you sort of you're on stage with them and you you you're sort of performing and stuff and little bits here and there nothing major yeah um it was just a sort of little bits here and there and then I just sort of not fell out of love with it I think life becomes yeah prior, prior I, I think it was just like sort that. of I preferred Jordan took it dead serious like I said he, if he if he wants to do something he wants to be the best at it yeah I didn't want to take it that serious I was just more asked about getting in for free. Hmm. and making sure that if it weren't going to cost me anything to go out. So I'd had a few, whatever I had in my pocket to, to see me through the night. I'd had a few drinks, got a bit of money, and it weren't costing me in taxi fares there and back or anything like that. So I never really took it seriously. Yeah. I was just more about just having a bit of a laugh and everything. It's only really like since lockdown where I thought, no, I could actually do something here. Like, yeah. But before that, I was just happy just getting right. by. So what year was that then that you sort of... You sort of um, 2000 gravity was around about 2005 right. so 2006 2007 2008 i think and then was that it then after that yeah, yeah. i think after that i just i was just right. going out so I, I preferred to be at sanctuary yeah than performing then performing yeah. like because i think farrell had said to me a, a year or two before um he said you've got something but you get too smashed when you go out yeah so i'm never going to book you while you're like that and I didn't really pay attention to him, so it took like eleven years for him to finally book me because <laughs> yeah. it took me that long to listen to what he said. Like I was saying before, off camera, like mm. if if I came to me now and said, "This is what you need to do to get to that next level," yeah. you're taking it on board because there's not many other people who know. I was saying, who was I saying it to the other day? In any industry, any work walk of life or anything, mm. if someone's been successful at doing something for over twenty years and they offer you advice, yeah. you'd be a fucking fool not to listen to it yeah. and try and take it on board. Yeah. So, like, now, the fact that I got to work with him when he'd done the mix for me, yeah. like, I, di I didn't want to, I didn't want to show myself off as being a little geek or anything, but I was fucking over the moon. I was like, I'm working with Farrell. And then I got to do one with, with, uh, with Emma, Miss Abisha. Yeah. For me, she's Classic unreal. Shit. She's Like, she's been really one of my favourite DJs for years. Yeah. Um, and I was like, fucking hell. 
Um, and then, like, I got to do Sanctuary's 18th and 19th birthday because the other one got cancelled, so they did both, didn't they? And then I did New Year's Eve, but I got too pissed on New Year's Eve. Um, right, um, what I was going to say was, I just want to tie it up at when you left, if that's okay for today, when you left initially, because uh, if this is okay with you, yeah. I want to come down to yours at some point and do part two. Yeah, mum. Because there's two parts of life there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like we could we could do another two hours. If, yeah, if easily. Yeah, yeah um, because there's you t- obviously talking off camera. But you told me about the coming back in 2016, mm. and everyone we sort of mutually know with each other. We could sort of get into that and then move forward if that's yeah, okay. Man. Yeah, um, just that. so you know, there will be a part two. I, I was sort of planning on this today, if I'm honest as well, um, because I knew there would be a good story behind. Yeah, yeah, behind yeah. you and everything. Um, so we'll just tie up today if that's all right. Awesome, um, yeah. Um, so now you're sort of back on the scene and stuff like that. Where can people find you? Um, listen to your mixes. Obviously, we talked about um, we touched on before you did the uh, Doctor Dre rap and stuff like that. That it's on YouTube and that I believe. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I think it was it, it sort of blew up on Facebook initially. Um, it was just sort of my my take on living with sort of like depression and and yeah. wanting to. I just wanted to get shit off my chest. Like it was, it, it was a dark period that I was going through. Um, yeah. And luckily, I'm able to write rhymes that help me express myself. Like L- so, lifts the weight off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. So it was just one of them where I just felt like I had to do it. But that's, yeah. I think mainly sort of SoundCloud. Um, Carl Cover Junior or Carl Junior Cover. I'm yeah. so shit at promoting my stuff. <laughs> it's either one of them. I think it's yeah. Carl Junior Cover. Anyway. I'll put some links in the comments on the YouTube video if you watch on YouTube, and then we can you can sort of go from there. Yeah, there's a lot, um, lot of funny rhymes in there. There's a lot of dark rhymes. I talk about the past a lot. I talk about things that we all see on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I can't remember who it was that that told me. Um, if, you, if the way I write my rhymes is. It has to be quite dark, so people are like wow. There has to be a wow factor, but there has to be a lot of comedy in it as well, so people can. It's not just all sort of like I listen to. Um, you don't listen to it, so it's so moody that. You, yeah, you, you want you want people to like Eminem does it really well. I'm not yeah. comparing myself to him at all, but he does it where it's, it's such a dark subject. So like Kim, for example, where he's killing his missus, but there's so many comedy. Yeah. Bits in there. The thing I try to, to do it, it around that where it's so people are having a laugh at it. Yeah. Um, which is weird. When I'm on stage, I never rhyme mm. because it's not. I do my rhyming in the booth, and then when I'm on stage, I just enhance whichever DJ I'm lucky enough to work with. So, well, as a, as a listener, you want that thing where you don't want to be like. So, for instance, if you just did dark stuff, dark stuff without the yeah. humor, you don't. People would need to be in the mood to listen to that. Yeah. It, might, it might affect you as an artist. Yeah. Whereas if you've got the comedy, you can listen to it sort of any time, and you'd be it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so to tie up today, I asked everyone this question, um, and if you're going to get the electric chair because you've you've stole uh, an ornament that, mm. you, that you give to your mum for a present, and they've just caught up with you now, and they've said, right, you're getting the electric chair for this, we're bringing it back just for you. Because- oh, right, um, curry goat is definitely in there. Um, curry goat, rice and peas, jerk chicken is in there as well, um, nice. some fried dumplings. Fucking um, hell. <laughs> it's going to be a big meal. I'm, yeah. I'm going to drag it out as long as I can so I don't get the chair. But yeah, um, yeah it's got it's got to be Jamaican. Um, you, are you big on the Jamaican food? Yeah, and yeah. Like that? yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's from when we moved in with my dad. It's all the we didn't really get taught much of the sort of the British values. We, we made because my dad was 
all into his Jamaican side of the yeah. family. So we, that's all we really knew. So yeah, I cook it. Um, not as much as I should, but I cook it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do a nice, nice food. So next nice. time you come down, I'll cook for you. I'll <laughs> do you some jerk chicken and rice nice. and stuff like that. So um, I, obviously we can talk off camera, but the part two, uh, I want it to be within sort of in a couple of months' time. Yeah, um, definitely because we can pick up from so much to I've got so many questions still to ask you yeah, as well yeah. like obviously I knew that there was the, we could call it the prequel and mm. then do you know what I mean the, the sequel to it um, I, I do have plan on return guests and I said this off pod as well Yeah. but I think you're going to be one of the first return guests that come on as well because we've barely scraped the service we haven't even talked about rave music that much in general no it's just been just been about so, yeah. history in it for now uh, but. I, I just want to say thank you for coming on mate and I really appreciate you coming on and telling that story like you didn't need to come and do it and you've you've wanted to get it off off your chest and that and yeah i think a lot of people can relate and a lot of people will appreciate what you've done today i think i think loads of people are going through shit aren't they you know and i think there's there's a big thing at the minute from um the lad recently drew that that took his own life yeah he was a big part i think the antidote lot was was more connected to him yeah and there's a big thing you know speak up not man up um he Shit does affect you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. When you even later on in life, it does affect you. So you should you should find. I'm not saying do podcasts. I'm not saying do rhyming. I'm not saying find some way. Find of, a release. Yeah, yeah just yeah, find yeah. some way of, of getting shit off your chest because there's too many good people not here anymore because yeah. they didn't feel that they had something. So absolutely. Yeah, so on that note, we're going to end it today. I just want to say thank you for for listening. I'd usually do the the the, the thing, share it with your mates, and everything like that, but. Uh, I think it's a good note to end on. So yeah, uh, if you've if you've got any struggles out like that, then speak. Um, and if I know you and like or, or know of you, give us a message. I'm, I'm, I've always got an open on that. A lot, yeah, yeah. But even though because a lot of the time, and I'm just going to say this before we go, you do a lot of the time people don't want to speak to people that they're close to because no. it shows weakness. And if My it's somebody outlet. like it, me to you today, we've become acquaintances. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and that's what it is it might be a good idea to speak to somebody who is not necessarily going to judge you because they don't know you. Yeah. And, and it, so as I say, my, my box is always open. Um, and Likewise, and, yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for, for any help like, or like that, I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and don't feel like you, you're taking time away from, from my day or anything like that. If you've got a thousand paragraphs to write just to get it off your chest, I'll, I'll sit and read it. Do you know what I mean? It's, if, if, if I know it's going to help somebody and if, if yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. So if you uh, uh, just want to say thank you for coming on again today, oh, mate. Pleasure, mate. Definitely. No worries, right? I'll see you later. Adios.